I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network. Earbudsnetwork.com. Welcome to Hunting Seasons, a podcast about two friends catching up on notable television shows one season at a time. I'm Broderick Gordis. And I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing season three of Rick and Morty. Damask Leary, how you doing? I'm pretty good. We just watched the last episode. Just so... watched the last episode. Mm, it's fresh. I'm, I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm excellent. Um, oh, that's right. You are excellent. Uh, my football team won the grand final. <laughs> If you're an AFL supporter in Australia, you know the Richmond Tigers won the 2017 Premiership. I'm the happiest man alive. No Long one time can, coming. Nothing can touch me at the moment. Mm. 29 years and finally it happened. That's my lifetime. Right. 37 since I won the last Premiership. Mm. I am stoked. If you're an outside listener, maybe think about the Cubs winning the World Series in 2016. Just as big a deal here. In a, that, this is the Australian version of that. Right. Fucking epic. And my voice is gone because I was there. And I've been, <laughs> I've been shouting and crying and all sorts of mm. things. So I'm a happy, happy man. Nice. And Rick and Morty's great, so that's good too. Yeah. That helps as well. Everything's coming up, Rod. Exactly. All right. Should we get straight into it? I would love to. Spoiler warning: On this episode, we'll be discussing everything that happens in season one, two, and three of Rick and Morty. Before listening, we recommend watching all of Rick and Morty seasons one to three. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You have been warned. An apology as well. I've been told by a friend of mine that was listening to episode one recently that we were a bit spoilery on that. I don't remember the specifics of are that, we? but apparently Whoopsie. we were a little probably my fault. I tend to go. Like talk about things and want to get talk about things before mm-hmm. they happen. Mm-hmm. I haven't gone back to listen to it, so I don't know. But uh, apologies okay. if you felt spoiled by that episode. Uh, oh. We'll try our best to avoid that. Not that we well, can we spoil can, we past this season. because Unless no we more. can see, I don't know, five years into the future. Yeah, we'll yeah, probably when the next season comes out. Some facts and figures for y'all. Season three of Rick and Morty jumps straight back into the action with Rick locked up in a galactic prison and the Smith family living back on a now Federation-controlled Earth. This time around, the list of cameo voices includes Nathan Fillion, Tony Hale, Joel McHale, Susan Sarandon, Danny Treger, Tred, Trejo, Trejo, Danny Treger, yes. Sure. Peter Serafinowitz, Christian Slater, Gillian Jake, is it Gillian or Gillian? Gillian it's, Jacobs. Yes, Gillian. And the return of Keith David as the President of the United States of America. Season three consists of 10 episodes, each coming in at around 23 minutes and took us approximately three hours and 50 minutes to watch. Though this time we didn't really have to uh, cram it because we watched As It Happened, we did. which was lovely. It was nice. Uh, as we're watching the first two seasons, actually, so that was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damask. Surely you have a story synopsis for us this time. I really don't. No, I didn't think so. Okay, cool. <laughs> Straight into our five-word summations on season three then. Would you like to go first, Damask? Sure. My five-word summation is 
Life after divorce is tough. Very good. Mm, what's cool. yours? My five-word summation is consistent, sharp, and often brilliant. Yes, that's yep. fine. <laughs> I did yours as well. Just I was like, like that <laughs> sounds like a lot of words. Nope, yeah, that's right. just a lot of consonants. But mm. uh, no, a I, lot of consonants, a lot of syllables. <laughs> I just uh, wrote mine as you were talking just then. Oh, did you? You just, like looked ahead and went, I was oh, like, shit. Because I looked at my little headings and under five word summation there was nothing I was like, all right <laughs> Oops. do your job damask yeah well done uh again much like last season's episode or last episode of the podcast we talked about season two we're not we don't have any discussion points necessarily we're gonna go through each episode one by one um mm. i've got some good notes for the first half of the season and bugger all notes <laughs> for the second half um, oh good me too though so, i've rewatched the second half a lot so i yeah. think i'm pretty on top of it so i hope so otherwise this is going to taper off terribly <laughs> it would be a terrible way to to make a podcast almost <laughs> unprofessional or something. <laughs> so we'll start with episode one, the Rick Shank Redemption, which mm. was really a rich Rick Redemption, I should I say, say. Mm. which was really cool um, when it came out because this season three is only ten episodes long, mm-hmm. and the last the last nine episodes of that season, the back nine episodes, only started recently. Hey, Millie, that's Millie in the background, by that's the way. My cat. Yeah, uh, we're in yeah we're in the echo chamber again of Damascus House. I'm if you sorry. haven't noticed, it's a good, it's all good, it's a good. Oh, thank you. The this episode came out of fucking nowhere and was streaming on repeat for 24 hours or 12 hours, whatever it was, mm. on April 1st. Such a good idea. April Fool's Day, after all the fan complaining, they just decided, like, fuck it, let's just show mm-hmm. episode one because it's completed now. Yeah. And it and was I that weird exactly thing. exactly a year and a half after the finale finished, which oh, is meant that, right? that um, Mr. Poopy Butthole's prediction was correct. About a year and a half. Is that right? I believe so, yes. Oh, that's amazing. Mm. I didn't know that. I just thought that was genius of them on mm. April Fool's to just go, just put it out there and start streaming it. And that confusion of like, oh, it's April Fool's, they're talking shit. No, wait, actually, it's fucking true. Yeah. <laughs> and then even afterwards, I had people telling me, it's like, nah, because it's April Fool's, it won't actually be the real episode. I'm like, no, no. You don't understand how much work goes into yeah. making a 22 episode of television. That is definitely the episode. Yeah. There is nothing about that that would tell me it wasn't. Because I remember I just saw all these headings about that they had done the best April Fool's prank ever. Ever. So then I didn't I didn't click on the articles. I didn't <sighs> even like look at anything. So I believe I was we were at D&D or something yeah. and someone mentioned it. I was like, oh, that April Fool's thing. And I think it was you who said like, no, it's the actual episode. It's I was like, real oh, re- I did, uh, that, that's yeah, why it was passing. the best April Fool's <laughs> joke of all time because it wasn't a joke. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, was, well, I better watch it then. Yeah, mm. that's that's so Rick to like play everyone because every, <laughs> every website on the internet tries to do April Fool's stuff. Mm-hmm. Google and, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Jumping on the bandwagon. I, IGN used to have big ones and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, it just is. Mm. Believe it at your own risk. Um, so Rick is interrogated via a mind control, mind computer link, sorry, inside a galactic federal prison. Summer and Morty attempt to rescue him. What do we think of this episode? First episode back. I mean, they certainly double down on the idea that everything is meaningless with, because at the end of season two, like, oh, you know, it's it's so amazing and kind of, totally out of character that Rick would sacrifice him for the himself for the family. And then, of course, he didn't at all. It was just Rick being Rick. Mm. So if you had inferred meaning yeah. into what Rick was doing, joke's on you because that's absolutely not what's ha- is It is what's happening at yeah. all. Yeah. He had a plan. Mm-hmm. And his plan here was to basically attempt to destroy 
not only the Federation, but the Council of Ricks at the same time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. Via. Um, so, what does he do? He goes in there. He's hooked up to the computer link to the Federation computers. Yep. He's able via that to gain control of the mind of another. He implants yes. himself into the mind of another. Well, he, he in. Having his Millie, please be quiet. In having his, she's many opinions. She's there's she, a lot to talk about in Rick and Morty. She look, she's a real bully, like Rick. I'll be honest. That's how <laughs> our family runs. Um, You're the Morty, and she's the Rick. <laughs> I really am Gosh. actually. Now that I think about it, that's, that's <laughs> oh jeez, Millie. <laughs> um, yeah. So he, in having his fake memory of how he invented the portal gun, he uploads that's a, right. a virus so yes. that he's able to do that. That's right. And so he implants himself inside. The, the fake memory is really interesting. Let's start there. Mm. The idea that we might have been seeing the origins of Rick in a way for the first time, which in this story is basically the idea that he's creating like a teleportation thing. He's mm-hmm. kind of sucking at it. We see Rick's wife. We see a very young Beth. Then another version of Rick comes over and basically says, hey, you're a Rick like the rest of us. Some Ricks have just invented this earlier than you. Come and join us. Yeah. Here's the technology for portal technology. When he refuses because he's not interested in that, they send a bomb through and kill Beth and... Uh, Diane. Diane, is that her name? Thank I you. I think so, yeah. Um, and then from that, the uh, he sort of seeks revenge and builds the portal gun. Uh, and fr- that's the, the the formula that the the intergalactic or the federation are after. But then we find out that's all of that is fake. All of Joke's that is fake. On you. None of that is actually real no. and can't be real. It can't be real because if it was real, it. exactly. Mm-hmm. So we were given given an explanation, then told it can't be that. So anything that's from that that you think might be part of his origins cannot be anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is in- it's interesting that we don't know anything new, but we know what can't be. Yeah. It's an interesting place to be. <laughs> Yeah. With the character, his his origin story has got to be mm. different to that significantly. Well, I I like to think that Rick's uh, beginnings into the Rick that we know now isn't from one moment of tragedy. Yeah, I would like to think that because of who he is, it was probably a slow degradation of the relationship, and so he is who he is now. That would be really interesting mm. to see, and I hope that is true. It'd be yeah. great, better than just like one instance. Yeah. Did you notice the? Um, I didn't notice this until recently as well that the house that he's in, the garage is in, is the garage from Breaking Bad. It's, it's the Breaking Bad house in that I, memory. I didn't. I didn't know that either that. until recently. I was like, That's that is amazing. Funny. I was looking up something about Breaking Bad and I found that little tidbit. Mm. But Rick and Morty Breaking Bad. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, right. That is awesome. There you go. Um, so, yes, he is able to transplant himself into the mind of this Federation bug thing. Mm-hmm. And from that, just basically keep transporting himself through until eventually he makes his way to this Council of Ricks and then teleports the Council of Ricks into the Federation prison. So and, good. And then... Uh, just getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, d- make the World Federation currency equal zero <laughs> and so destroys good. a whole entire government and the Council of Ricks in one fell swoop. Amazing. Pretty incredible stuff. And Rick just once again proves mm-hmm. himself to be unbelievable. another awesome. example of Rick proving to everyone else that the things they value are meaningless. Well, Quite literally doing. It's like, oh, you know, that thing that holds... Um, everything you hold dear, how much you love that, how much it's it's so important to your existence. I'm just going to like change a number and then it's nothing. And everything you've been building is nothing now. Well, it all leads up to the ending bit, mm-hmm. which we're getting ahead of ourselves. We haven't talked about the Rick and Summer, the, sorry, the Morty and Summer stuff here or what's happening on Earth. But essentially, Jerry has a, found a job and seems to be fitting quite well into this Federation-controlled Earth where they give him pills and medals for everything and give it, assign him a job. Yeah. Um, Morty and Summer want to save... 
Rick. So they go and dig up the bodies of the dead mm. versions of Rick and Morty. Well, and take Summer the- does. <laughs> Summer does, yeah. sorry. And take the portal gun. Mm. The portal gun that was with that Rick. Use that to get to the Council of Ricks from there, et cetera, et cetera. We have that amazing standoff moment um, with, <laughs> with one Rick holding Summer hostage and our Rick... Uh, basically telling him to shoot her. Yeah, I don't care about her. Yep. I don't care about her. And having thrown a fake gun to Morty, mm-hmm. which is meant to have instructions on how to solve the situation by shooting Rick with it because it's a fake gun. But it's implied that Morty never did that, but was willing to kill Rick anyway. Yeah. Interesting moment. I, yeah, it's it's very interesting. Um, I mean, Yes, like the gun wasn't programmed to kill Rick, obviously, but like more, as far as we know, Morty didn't know that. It certainly seems that Morty didn't know that by his reaction. Mm. Um, and I think that's just an example of how Rick's adventures have transformed Morty. Well, like, because he, yeah. at the very beginning, he was like this, you know, this meek fool, and now he's kind of this young man who, in that episode, tries to protect his sister from the consequences of having Rick around. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, you know, and he's willing to kill his grandfather. Which is huge. Like, I think that is such an interesting development. And I think with the way the season goes, and you know, we we have evil Morty. Yeah. Um, and I think to see we can see kind of the beginnings of that in hanging out with this Rick, how that can lead to a Morty kind of becoming almost sociopathic, or just at least um, indulging his rage and having so much anger toward. Rick, yeah. There are numerous examples of that, mm, I think, this season, yeah. which we'll touch on as we go along mm-hmm. for sure. But ultimately, that all leads to the end of the Council of Ricks as we know it and uh, the Citadel and the Federation. Mm-hmm. They get back to the Smith family residence and basically Jerry... And the Federation leaves, by the way, Earth, so Earth back to normal, essentially. And <laughs> Jerry. And Jerry is like, no, it's either me or Rick mm. to Beth. Beth makes the choice because, of course, she would. Mm-hmm. That's always going to be Rick over Jerry. Yeah. Um, and then we get a great scene towards the end of this episode. Oh, a, I just want to talk about how Beth is completely pathological when it comes to uh, Rick again. When he when she comes in and says that, you know, she, he, her and Jerry divorced and Rick's pretending like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sweet. I'm nothing to do sweetie. with that. Yeah. And he, she totally eats the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. Fucking hell, Beth. Yeah. <laughs> you need some growth. Yes. Um, but then the ending scene once she leaves where Rick is just like... He's maniacal. Maniacal mm. and just drunk on the power that he was able to basically flex. He destroyed a government, two governments essentially... And was able to become the default patriarchy of the household mm-hmm. by getting rid of Jerry. He exerts his will into the situation and is absolutely in control once again. Yeah. And is just goes on his fantastic uh, speech about the McDonald's uh, Szechuan <laughs> McNugget <laughs> dipping sauce. Which, uh, yeah, I this think... This is my season arc. This is my uh, show arc. <laughs> once again, showing just how meaningless everything is that, you know, Rick isn't after anything that means anything. Yeah. He just wants some sauce. There's no greater meaning to it. There's, yeah, uh, there's nothing deeper there. It's just, you know, I want what I want and this is the arbitrary thing I, thing I want. So, yeah, that's why I have, yeah, like you said, destroyed two governments. This is why I have destroyed your family and yeah. your father is alienated now for this stupid, stupid um, Disney sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in real life, 
Justin Roiland loves that sauce and um, they sent it got to him, didn't him they? sauce. Mm. And apparently I read today it is going to be uh, available again at McDonald's quite soon. At least in the US. Yeah, that's it. I, I don't know. I fucking, oh, we don't get anything good. <laughs> no, no, you know what? These days, the way McDonald's works, I wouldn't be surprised if it did end up here. I certainly hope it's, it does. It's certainly monolithic, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, on that as well, did you, do you remember last season? Uh, I think it's during one of the um, the little shorts from the, whatever it's called, the one with the alien. Um, oh, the one with the alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he's talking about Nintendos. About oh, yeah. <laughs> Give me free stuff. Yeah. He's just on Super into Nintendo as well. <laughs> like He's constantly talking about things on Twitter yeah. about that. And that was just him just like literally asking Nintendo for free stuff. Oh, yeah. I don't, know if, I don't know if he got it from Nintendo, that one. Mm, yeah. Also, in that episode, we should talk about the end credit scene, Phoenix person. Oh, the rise of the Phoenix. I really expected to see uh, Phoenix Person in episode ten. I'm surprised it didn't happen. I know ne- next season they do. Season, they do like hopefully. to set things up for things things that might only yeah. happen like two seasons down the line. So Ho- hopefully it'll be worth the wait. I think it will be. I probably. I mean, because like stage. we spoke about in season two, I'm pretty sure Bird Person is the one person that Rick respects, Rick respects and truly really likes. So to see that person be transformed into this cyborg, completely ruled by um, like a government agency mm. would be devastating to him. And imagine the anger coming from him and what that would result in. Yeah, terrifying. <laughs> terrifying concept. Okay, let's move on then. Episode two, Rick Mansing the Stone. Oh, we didn't mention that Nathan Fillion was the voice of the alien in the first one. Joel McHale and Tony Hale both have voices in this one. That's Joel McHale is in Jeff Winger and Tony Hale is in Buster from... Uh, Arrest Development. Who was he? He was the na- he was like the neighbor one. The other, uh, the blue bin. The blue bin. Every time he says, because I watched the episode a couple of times. Every, the way he says blue bin is so. I always want to punch him in the face. It's so good. It's great. Yeah. Rick takes Morty and Summer to a Mad Max Mad Max esque version of Earth, where Summer falls in love with the Death Stalker's leader, and Morty is given the strength of a giant arm, which takes him in in search of its killer. Is the name Amethy? Is that Amethyst or Amethy or something like that? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> something stupid. Yeah. Uh, what do we think of this episode? I mean, I am obsessed with Summer. Yes, I. Love, she is great in this. Episode. She's so good in this episode. I thought it was great, and the watching these kids um, wanting to escape their parents' divorce uh-huh. and having a grandfather who will, of course, indulge them in that because that's what he does. And so they go off for this grand adventure and they indulge all the worst impulses you could possibly have. Yeah, which is totally allowed in the Mad Max universe. I mean, why of else course. would you go there if yeah. it wasn't to you know, indulge in those just things? destroy some people with a weird alien arm, you know, yeah. and just crush them while you monologue about how weak and pathetic your father is and you wish he would either be a man or fuck off. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> of course. And then, you know, as a young girl or as a young person wanting to be independent and fierce and just, like, do your own thing and be like, yeah, everything is meaningless and, like, let's just kill shit and this is amazing only for – that to be turned around and then all of a sudden you're stuck in your parents' marriage. And you're like, oh. I love that bit. It's he so just good. like it's introduces so electricity to the universe <laughs> and just makes it yeah. the most, yeah, standard mm. nuclear oh, so relationship. You, oh, you fell in love, did you, Summer? Oh, well, I'll show you just where that leads <laughs> to mediocrity and complacency. <laughs> That's what you get. Yeah. I, uh, I felt a little bit bad for my own girlfriend, that bit where he's sitting on the couch watching the football, watching the, <laughs> sorry, the, the death 
Dome or Battle yep. Dome, whatever it's called. And I was like, oh, that was me this week. Wrong true, did it? Everything. I was obsessed with the football this week and it's uh, this month, really. And um, I owe an apology, Steph. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is another good example of Morty, um, his violent side coming out, which mm-hmm. he keeps tapping into now since we obviously the Purge episode from last season. There was another earlier bit in that season two as well that had, like, I can't remember which one it was, but. Oh, like any time he's killing the memory parasites or it happens frequently now. Mm-hmm, yeah. And you think about that being episode one where Rick asks him to kill the Federation bugs. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's okay, they're robots and they're not. And his initial reaction to that, to where he is now, where totally happy to just mm. indulge in that side of him occasionally. Yes. I mean, he's, he still has um, the side of him that is scared of that side of his nature um which is why he's still our morty but i just kept thinking um when i was re-watching that episode about when we once again back to evil morty when we see his hideout that is covered in morty's being tortured Mm. i was like yeah no a morty with a very sadistic violent side that makes sense to me (laughs) because i guess you know they at least all well not at least I would assume all, but maybe not, would have that violent tendency to they're pushed to a certain state if they are so emotionally distressed um, or traumatised that they have the ability to lash out in that way. It's an interesting question. And it's that whole thing with infinite universes, there is going to be at least a few Mortys that have that in them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So maybe not all Mortys do. Maybe it's their quintessential Morty nature is that sort of meek and... Um, self-doubting side, but some of them would have that violent streak mm. in them that's just being suppressed by that. And some of them it comes out in, some of them it doesn't. It's interesting also in that episode you're talking about with all the Mortys on the outside mm. of the thing, The there is a sequence where the Mortys that he rescues from prison all go to town on that Rick with the eye patch. Yeah. Or the, sorry, well, that Rick with the scar, the one that they they thought was the Rick that was really controlled by mm-hmm. evil Morty, etc. And, like, you see the Hammer Morty, like, just going to town on them. We actually so see have Hammer get that. shot. I, I know. We see that. He comes up again. I was really – I actually had my notes. It's like, oh, my yeah. God, Hammer Morty's back. I love Hammer Morty. Yeah. Um, sad ending for that that, that mm, poor guy. R.I.P. R.I.P. Hammer Morty. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. It, yeah. Certainly, it seems to come out more in others. It's funny. I find the – we'll get to that episode soon. But anytime we see – spend a lot of time with the Ricks at the Citadel and the Moys at the Citadel, they're – there is that essential Rick and Mortiness, mm-hmm. but there do seem to be like our Rick and Morty are exceptions mm. to most of them, yeah, in some way. Yeah, I mean, I think in the Citadel we have like systems. There's a society there mm. that exists, and I think Morty likes rules. Um, he's comfortable with that, so I think if he feels protected by a system, even if it is oppressing him he at least has a system to cling to yeah whereas with our rick there are no rules there is nothing protecting him and so it's kind of like a fight for survival so i can see how that would then elicit um such strong responses it's good to know that rick draws a line at cannibalism (laughs) i I love that bit where he's like is it really easier to (laughs) just to eat human flesh than to just talk to me rick he thinks it though. He's, no. <laughs> he's, he's chewing a little bit. He's like, no, it's not. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. He takes it out too. He doesn't yeah. swallow. He actually yeah. like takes it out of his mouth and puts it on the plate. Like, no, yeah. actually. <laughs> um, and I really love the animations on Morty's arm when it's like trying to mm, communicate. Yeah. I th- it's really well done. And I love that sequence where they're like confused about what yeah. he's saying. It's Just do like, a fist. Yeah. This isn't over, is it? 
what you, is that does that mean it is over or it isn't over <laughs> or you don't like the question or you don't like the question i understand what you're saying just make a fist if this isn't over this isn't over <laughs> it's very good it's very good mm. oh and uh i swear every episode this season and i started noticing it here mm. has at least one moment where rick someone i won't even say rick necessarily mm. someone alludes to the fact that this is a tv show we talked about this a lot last yeah, season we did. but every episode usually rick Mm-hmm. Not always, Rick, though. Yeah. Other people do, too. And this one, he says, uh, go before an ad break where they're in trouble because he's found out he's holding this power stone thingy. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, we'll be right back. And yeah. that's his. And I swear, every single one has at least one moment like mm, that. And it's right. getting really prevalent in the show, I think. Yeah. I, I, I'm feeling they're building towards something. Yeah? You think it'll actually end with... I think, I think it'll be addressed at one stage, directly, right. this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it is what we think it is or whether they can answer it in show without breaking the fourth wall to do it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to, I think it's going to come up. It's too, it's too prevalent. Not too now. It needs to be commented on in some way. Someone needs to say something about it. Right. I feel, I feel, but we'll see. But if, because I mean, we'll get there, but at the end, which I actually didn't really take note of, but you did when we were watching it together, that Beth acknowledges that they're in a TV show by yeah. saying season one. Um, if in your that, that to me made me wonder if she might actually be a clone. Yeah, maybe because if Rick if yeah. Rick made her, then mm. maybe it has some sort of similar awareness to yeah. Rick to the situation. Yeah. But but if not, yeah. and um, so everyone is just somehow aware that they're in a TV show. If that is your reality, in which you do know you're in a TV show. Would you ever feel the need to talk about it, or it's just your reality? So why would you? Well, what what you wonder is we talked about this last season. If Rick is part of his not giving a shit, nothing means anything, is because he knows he's in a TV show. Yeah. Why doesn't Beth feel the same way? Mm. Things do matter to Beth. Um, her dad matters to her. Her whether she's a clone or not makes a difference to her in that episode. Yeah. Um, she doesn't buy into the whole infinite universes thing that Rick does. So if that is real, real Beth, mm-hmm. and she's as smart as Rick is, then, I yeah, I'm having a hard time getting around why she thinks so differently. Without again a communication of that a little bit, why she doesn't feel the same way that he does. I don't know. I feel like it's going to come up. I'm now yeah. starting to wonder whether I, that well, was I, a clue that we were meant to latch on to as yeah. her not being real Beth. I mean, anyway. I think. Well, even if Beth does know that it's a TV show, she clearly has the at least. An ability that Rick doesn't have, which is to assign meaning to things. Like she genuinely does. All, she Well, she definitely loves Summer, but it's questionable whether she loves Morty because she gives him <laughs> up pretty <laughs> oh, easily. That's a great scene. Which is a great scene. Um, and yeah, so she is able to as- assign meaning to things. So that might be a way. She's not as apathetic as Rick is. Yeah. So just because you both have a similar understanding of reality doesn't mean that you both necessarily like Rick is very nihilistic. It doesn't necessarily mean that Beth has to be as well. Well, mm, I would agree with that except for episode nine, the ABCs of Beth, which maybe she might be a sociopath. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It plays a pretty dark picture of what's really going on inside yeah. Beth's world. Yeah. I want yeah, very violent urges. Which very. is maybe where Morty gets it from. Mm, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to consider here. But it's just I, the Jerry inside him that keeps fighting it back. I really 
getting ahead of myself here, I think this season gave us a lot mm-hmm. to hold on to and to consider and to grasp and to apply to the characters that we thought we knew. Either building on previous things with Morty and his violent tendencies or getting a lot about Beth, getting a little bit about Jerry, going to some interesting places with Rick. I like where we end up at the end of this season with Rick. I think that's an interesting place to... If the last season ended with the whole, like, what happens to Rick? He's been captured by the Federation. How does he escape with the... Uh, um, Morty and Summer going to save him sort of situation I think this ends in a much more interesting place where in episode getting ahead of ourselves a bit but episode 1 is like the breaking down of the Smith household mm-hmm. episode 10 is the comes back only Rick is now the outsider yeah. Beth seems to and whether this is clone Beth or not who knows but Beth seems to have been able to maybe put him and her desire to keep him around and please him mm-hmm. a little bit to the side yeah. for her own health mm-hmm. and well-being yeah. And that's a really interesting place to be because I don't know what Rick does then. Yeah, no, I... I I'm fascinated by that yeah, more I than thought, I was by the last season. Yeah, I, I thought the same as well. If Rick... Because at the beginning, Rick is drunk on his own yeah, power. Yeah, Um, And now, yeah, he's at the bottom of the totem pole. He, yeah. He has lost that. And I think... Yeah, he's no longer one of the... Defo- yeah, exactly. His words, like default matri- patriarch of this. Yeah. yeah. And one of the great things about the relationship that he from his point of view that he had with Beth was that he could really do whatever he wanted he still had a place to come back to mm-hmm. but he could do whatever he wanted and she was never going to stop him or like he I mean he was taking her son off to insane adventures very easily could end in death um and she allowed him to do that allowed him to degrade her husband time and time again because she also like partook in that as well um and now he doesn't have he of, of course Rick can still do whatever he wants yeah. but the, there are now most likely consequences to that in which she can just ask him to leave so then the question is well why would he stay i'm not sure why he would now i'm just if we're if I, we talk about the finale a lot it's cuz we literally just watched it so i'm still <laughs> sort of processing it mm. and coming to grips with what's actually going on here cuz a lot of this episode was about establishing that Rick is kind of unbeatable. Like the president of the United States cannot control Rick. Mm-hmm. He can do whatever he wants, wherever he wants, including on earth, at, even if it's going to piss off the United States, yeah. the president of the United States. But now he doesn't have that power in his own, in the household That's he lives fair. in. That's a, I'm really happy with that ending. Yeah, of this me season. too. Like, I in think terms it's of very where we're going to bounce off yeah. to next season, and I, much more interesting. I also think it kind of ties back into the next episode, which we're about yes. to talk about, <laughs> which is Pickle Rick. Yes. In which, like you said, Rick can do whatever he he wants. Yeah. And he understands almost anything in the entire world, except for the human psyche, and he kind of acknowledges that in his conversation with Jerry in the final episode. He's like, I I can't beat you because what for whatever reason how you are somehow interacts with who my daughter is in a way that like you've just got your you know her, he talks into her yeah exactly um and he can't quite navigate that the way he can navigate everything else in existence is yeah the human psyche emotions and the complexity of that which of course we um delve a little bit into in the therapy session of pickle rick so episode three pickle rick uh, cameos from Susan Sarandon, Danny Trejo, Trejo, Peter. I think it's Trejo because he's Trejo? Um, probably. Hispanic. Yeah, probably Danny <laughs> Trejo and Peter Serafinowitz, who uh, 
He's the Tick currently in the new Tick series and is a very funny. Oh, man. okay. Mm. Uh, he's in a lot of stuff, well, wow. cameos and, ma- and stuff mainly. Um, funny guy though. He, I don't for some reason have not written a uh, synopsis of the episode, but basically Rick turns himself into a pickle to try and get out of uh, family therapy and goes on a misadventure. And Beth, Morty, and Summer go to thera- said therapy. Mm-hmm. Now, what I found interesting just to begin with on this before we get into the Rick stuff is this might be the first time that I've seen Beth show some self-awareness and even self-respect when she takes the serum from Rick. Mm, I know, yeah. That's a very interesting point. If it was Morty doing it, that would be one thing. But Beth being the one to choose to, well, you don't need this, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't want this, you yeah. know, to... You, you wouldn't want this to, you know, interact with what's going this on This random here. serum, yeah. This yeah. random <laughs> serum. And she takes it from him. And whether she won't acknowledge it, she actively understands what it is that he's doing. Mm-hmm. And is trying to punish him for it. Yeah. Take some control. Is an interesting moment and maybe a little bit of a preview as to where Beth's going to go later mm-hmm. in the season. Yeah. Because what then you have is her at couples therapy completely defending him over and over and over again and refusing mm-hmm. to let others criticize Rick. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's the key is that she might, whether consciously or not, understand that her dad is an asshole. She obviously, like, she doesn't want him to leave again. She knows how awful he can be. Yeah. But that's it's easy to in your mind um criticize or have negative thoughts about someone you love, but when you hear someone else say something bad, you I, like it's I think most of us would go into the defense of that and be like, "Well, you can't say. It. You don't actually know. One, you don't know um the pain I've experienced, so how could you ever like evaluate it?" properly and then yeah. comment on it yeah so I, I i i understand i actually quite like the fact that we start off there and then we see beth just being like fuck you and fuck yeah. you too kids yeah it's just like yeah she she can't she can't hear it she's not ready to hear it from other people yeah yeah um was there anything else in particular about the therapy stuff before we get into rick and then when he enters the room later on no no i don't think no that's right we'll come back to it if we need yeah. to so meanwhile rick is stuck as pickle rick He's turned himself into a pickle. <laughs> the dumb. I remember seeing that in the trailer for season three and going, I'm worried they're jumping the shark here with Pickle Rick, but mm. they're very aware of what they're doing and it's very clever. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, the reason I was talking about looking up Breaking Bad and Rick and Morty was this was a very Breaking Bad inspired episode. I was li- watching something that was saying this was inspired off the uh, three days out episode of Breaking Bad where they're stuck in the... Oh, uh, right. The Winnebago or the... Yeah, the Winnebago, yeah. Um, And it's like a how do they get out of this situation? Ultimately, science Mm -hmm. saves them. This was like, well, how do you put Rick in a situation... Pickle. (laughs) How do you put Rick in a situation where the odds are so far against him, but then still conceivably he's able to solve this problem? And so the Pickle Rick thing was invented. I would be so angry if I was in the writer's room and Dan Harmon turns to me he's like, all right, so you have to start with... Rick being a pickle, and all he can and go do, from there. All he can, he has no limbs. Mm-mm, all he has yep. is his face and his voice. Yeah, he's go. literally a pickle. He can't fly. There's no reason for him to be able to do anything else because then that would make him a very good pickle. So, deal with that. I love the sequence of events that takes place here. The there's the bit where he's just baking in the sun, and then gets washed into the sewer, but then he spitting out the pickle juice mm-hmm. to attract the cockroach, the brine or whatever, the brine. Yep. Biting off its head and then like, like, yeah, tonguing the brain to get it to move (laughs) against 
you know, make it move to his will. And then eventually he's able to build that rat suit <laughs> and just the escalation. So what mm-hmm. that really turns into is just a huge F off action sequence of yep. Rick being sort of in this ridiculous, uh, like action movie scenario. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't read a whole lot of meaning into that. No, me either. I mean, I think it is awesome what and, it is. And yeah. Rick, and just a hilarious yeah. Rick adventure. I think it's, you know, from the minds of people who like or who love Die Hard and just, yeah. you know, indulging that kind of error of action film. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of that genre. Right. Um, so I found that pretty fun for what it was. Like, I, I mean, I really like the beginning when he's like fighting, like building the, um, Mecha suit that is just I love him innards of rats. creatures, and then yeah, the fighting the rats, the stuff in like the weird embassy thing. Yeah, it's fine, but it, like it's this is that's not really the the stuff that I'm watching Rick and Morty for. But it, yeah, it was it was fun to watch. But yeah, I don't think there's too much to delve into there. Eventually, he's got to the point where he needs to be get back to being human, Rick. Mm-hmm. So he makes his way by helicopter, I think. To <laughs> don't know how where he parked that thing. Yeah. To uh, the therapy session and is in there, and then starts to get psychoanalyzed by the therapist mm. and interjects his own opinion on therapy, which is that it's a complete waste of time essentially. Um, which starts a huge monologue from the therapist played by Susan Sarandon in possibly a racist role. I'm not sure why she had to be Asian for this and why they couldn't cast an Asian actress. Been a bit but of criticism love, directed towards um, that. Beth's Dr. Wong. It's little, like Asian that's, name, that's by a the racist way. Name. <laughs> yeah, racist name. It's by a the racist way. name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which one I love just the meta acknowledgement of like this Asian doctor, Susan Rand is playing her. That's weird. But also, if it just is existing in the world and Beth is in a therapy session with an Asian therapist whose name is genuinely Dr. Wong and just like lashing out at anything, yeah. it's like, Dr. Wong, that's a racist name, by the way. Yeah. It's like, it's just so wonderful. That's yeah. a great line. <laughs> Essentially, without going through the whole monologue, because it goes for quite a while, mm-hmm. it boils down to the idea that while people especially smart people might hate therapy because it's boring. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean it's not good for them. And that like work, sometimes things we are boring are still worth doing because ultimately they're going to, that we need to do them. Yeah. Um, And then Rick is basically left silent at the end of that. And they Mm -hmm. leave the session. Well, yeah, she stops the session at that point. um, Asking them to refer anyone who might be eating poop. (laughs) Um, so just the gag of they're in the waiting room yeah. and the hot dog that, and it just says courage yes. and they don't understand it and they walk in and then she flips, flips it, it over to the, to the family. The family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dedication or whatever it's on the other side. Yeah. It's a great joke. <laughs> or just Morty. Really just that, that just that joke of three that happens when Morty's just like, oh my God, there's pictures of people eating poop in here. And she just like puts the book under her chair. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. Uh, it's not my job to judge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I think that's a great example. I really think the writing might be its sharpest in this season. I think there is a really great balance of like just quick fire jokes that actually when inserted in to the dialogue don't seem like they were just put in there to be there. Like that bit mm-hmm. where she says it's not my thing to judge it ends up being relevant to what she's talking about. And so they can have that little second part of this poop eating joke. Yeah. That's going to lead to ultimately the rule of three, and but it still feel natural like it was meant to be there. Yes, yeah, it's very very impressive the whole mm-hmm. way through. Anyway, so this sequence ends, and Rick and Beth are, are driving. Are we not going to talk about the actual? Uh, I wanted to finish the episode, but I'll oh, come okay. back to it. Right. Sure, but essentially the result is 
that Rick and Beth end up uh, talking in the car with the kids in the back. And rather than actually dealing with what they were talking about and coming to some sort of reality or truth about the situation, they just support each other in trying to just belittle her. Insanely delve into the unhealthiness of their relationship. Yeah, go to the worst possible place and support yeah. each other in going, let's go have a drink instead yeah. and talk about how therapy is a, therapists are a weird breed and all this sort of stuff mm. and just do whatever they can to belittle her profession essentially. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Morty and, Rick, uh, uh, Morty and Summer are like, we want to go back. We want to go back. Yeah, we're not we going back. Her. We liked her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's just ultimately super depressing. Yeah. Um, uh, let's talk about the. Oh, before I talk about the, the monologue specifically, because I think mm-hmm. there's lots. Well, when you talk about the monologue, okay. Sorry, let's talk, let's talk about the monologue. <laughs> okay. Otherwise, I'm going to get. I'm, I'm going to stuff this Rod's up. Rod's having an aneurysm. I am. Are yeah. You okay? I, I need therapy. Yeah. We all what, do. what did you want to talk about about the monologue? You take over. I. I, I mean, I when I was watching first watching that episode, I remember I was enjoying the therapy stuff, yep. and then the action sequences. I'm like, yeah, this is okay. But when it came to that final sequence of therapy where Rick is sitting there, and then she has the monologue about choice, and I found that incredibly interesting because Rick's whole the way he is is based on the fact that. Because there are infinite timelines, he like and he has done everything. And so he just does stuff and it doesn't matter because he's probably already done it anyway. But even if he doesn't, what he's doing now doesn't really matter because there's a bunch of other things happening. Like there's like nothing means anything. And yeah. she's just kind of bringing him back. It's like, yes, well, there might be infinite timelines. You are still you. You are still, for lack of a better term, C137 or whatever. Yeah. You are you. And so you are making those choices, whether other versions of you have made them or not. And you need to own them and analyze them and yeah, really look at them, um, which I don't think Rick would ever have paused to think about is that, well, yes, there are infinite possibilities of where life will go and what will happen. You are still an active participant in that. And what you are doing has real consequences, both to obviously those around you, but also yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I found it very interesting. It is a really interesting discussion on multiple levels. Another level to this is that I think it's a very honest, interesting, self-reflexive moment, moment from Dan Harmon specifically, mm-hmm. who if you've listened to Harmontown, you know, has a complicated relationship with doctors and with therapy. And while... He at times struggles with the whole idea of therapy, much like Rick. Mm-hmm. He also seems to have an understanding that's a good thing for him. Yeah. And um, what's what, another thing that's interesting about this this season as well is the whole idea that Jerry and Beth are divorced mm-hmm. because in real life, Dan Harmon has been through a divorce quite recently as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was interesting that he was almost like, it's cool that he was able to sort of talk about that a little bit in this season. Um, yeah, I, I really like that. But the, the therapy thing... He has used couples therapy in the past. He has used therapy because he's probably someone who needs it. (laughs) And he hates it, I think. But I think also understands that's important and has learned something from it. And as much as Rick is a version of Dan Harmon that they're able to explore in this show. um, Yeah, I just just felt that was really interesting. Uh, It was cool that was in there. That being said, it's the monologue itself is interesting too. Mm. 
This is an animated show. One of the benefits of an animated show is you can do a lot of showing, sh- lot of showing, and theoretically a lot less telling potentially. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of the jokes in Rick and Morty come from the humor, and there is nothing wrong with dialogue. But just having, uh, we've just had the pickle Rick stuff, right? Spectacular in so many ways. Just having Rick sit there and listen to a therapist monologue at him mm-hmm. is that good storytelling? Is that good writing? Is that good TV? Um, I mean, it's always interesting to think of how someone has chosen to show something and think, well, what, how, what is the other way that you could yeah. have done that? That's, that's always an interesting concept, but it's almost impossible to discuss because you, you really don't know. But, I, yeah, I like that, like I said earlier, Rick can't seem to wrap his head around the complexity of the human psyche. And he says that, you know, when he's in the therapy office that, (coughs) excuse me, bless you, that he doesn't think that people talking about their feelings or finding words for feelings is uh, valuable, valuable. So I think someone simply just talking to him and outlining why and, and, and showing how that, is important by someone just sitting you down and being like, I'm actually incredibly emotionally intelligent and this is how I'm going to express that emotional intelligence. And this is how therapy works is it's two people talking. And while that's not fun and you're not going on an adventure, that's what it is. And it's important. I think ultimately that's the, that's the take I come away with. It is basically an example itself of why therapy can be useful Mm -hmm. and important, even if it's not fun, even if this is not the best way. That te- this is not what you want from television doesn't mean it isn't what you need. Yeah, exactly. And that is yeah. a pretty cool thing to do. Yeah. I think if this monologue had come from, you know, someone they had met on the street, yeah. bizarre. This this character is a therapist. It is a therapy session. So I, I think it, it makes sense. It tracks for me. I, d- I don't see it as bad storytelling or bad writing. I agree. I asked the question more as a hypothetical because that yeah. was a criticism laid at it mm-hmm. by a few different people. And I think that's I think it's a fair question to ask. Yeah. Um, that being said, some of my favorite scenes in like Game of Thrones are monologues. Like there are so <laughs> much. Some of my favorite shows are just yeah. talking, just people yeah. talking sometimes. And that can be great too. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was that although visual mediums like animation and film and stuff, most of the time you should be showing, not telling. Mm. Sometimes if you do that, you leave things open to interpretation and Mm. misreading potentially. So maybe it was worth in this case just outright saying what needed to be said and and maybe that's worth doing sometimes. Case in point, we've talked in the past about how people, maybe the way Breaking Bad left some things left not clearly said. Mm -hmm. People have misinterpreted the idea that uh, that I went to say, Rick, that Walter White is actually the hero of that story and a good yeah. guy. Yep. Similarly, Rick and Morty, Rick seems to have his fans mm. who seem to think that his values and his take on the world is heroic and accurate. Yes. Some and fans, something to aspire to. And some fans mm. seem to take that as cue to criticize the show for things like having female fucking writers. <laughs> Which was yeah. pushed onto this episode quite a bit because this yeah, was, was. Uh, written by a female writer whose name I forgot to write down. Let me have a look. I follow her on Twitter, so I it am an awful human being. Jessica Gow. The next episode is also written by two female writers as well, I believe. So That's there's, disgusting. There's three female writers in this series and three mm-hmm. female writers in the writers room in this series, which is cool. 
what were the criticisms being laid on this episode? By I mean, fuckwits. Yeah, just get ahead of it a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are like varying arguments depending on what website you're on reading or what them. level of fuckwittery you have. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not backing down from this. This is yeah, bullshit. Yeah. One of one of them, which I saw, was, and I try not to read too much because it, it's just nonsense. And I feel oh. like we're at a point where I just can't tolerate it. Um, well, once you've read point. one yeah. anti-feminist rant, you've read them all. Yeah. Um, I get it. You don't like women because you feel inferior. Yep. That's cool. Um, you don't like them being playing with the things that used to be yours exclusively. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You poor baby. Mm, don't want to share your toys. Poor thing. Exactly. Um, one of the, the criticisms that I read was that they felt that a woman writer <gasps> had inserted herself in the episode in that monologue. That, in, that specific mm, moment. In which she's criticizing their beloved Rick. Um, it was bad writing. She was criticizing him and she had made that female character smarter than Rick, which just, it didn't track. So that was stupid and they didn't like it. And they went and wanked to some, I know, lesbian porn or something. I don't know. And cried. There are so many places to start with that. It's wrong. First and <laughs> foremost, if you're the writer that's credited on the episode while you have done the bulk of the work, that still has to go through Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland. So there's no way that got through without them they wanting that to They constantly talk about on this show how it takes them so long to write this show because all they do is sit in the writer's room and one-up each other on jokes. Yep. It is such a collaborative effort. Yep. As the Dan argument Harmon's- is fucking bullshit. Yeah, that's it's nonsense. That's bullshit. Second of all, the idea that the therapist is smarter than Rick, well, let's approach that from a couple of different angles. Maybe, A, first and foremost, she's probably is emotionally smarter than Rick. If you mm-hmm. want to talk about emotional intelligence, she probably is. There's probably several people in the universe that are yes. smarter than Rick. But two, Rick, the thing is, Rick does know this stuff. He just chooses to ignore it. Yes, that's And right. that is what the whole bit in the car at the end is all about. Mm-hmm. He absolutely he doesn't have an answer for her, except when he finally is in the car with someone who will support him in yeah. his ignoring of this <laughs> yeah. fact and try to belittle her because as much as he totally knows it to be true, he doesn't want it to be true. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. He is certainly smart enough yeah. to know this stuff. Yeah. He just doesn't want to. And can I say... It's not as though, and it, I wouldn't be criticizing even if she was, but it's not as though this therapist is in that room calling Rick a shit person that he's, he's fucking terrible and just like, you know, belittling him. That's not what she's doing at all. All she's saying is you are an incredibly intelligent man and you use that intelligence in an unhealthy way and here is perhaps a way that you can make it you know, a little healthier, how you can help yourself and your family. It is the most productive way to approach someone who is incredibly unhealthy. There's nothing negative in what she's saying there. And that's the irony of the whole situation is, you know what? There probably are some of these people, these MRI people who on at some level Mm. are intelligent. They are often nerds, people who have an interest in you know, nerdy culture, which mm-hmm. generally attracts smart, intelligent people to some degree they are, yeah. who life hasn't treated them well and they decide to rebel against it and mm-hmm. they justify it the same way that Rick justifies his actions. Yes. And the irony that they rebel against this female <laughs> writer because they heard mm. a message that they, they don't want to hear, much like Rick yeah. did, Fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> Dickheads. You are idiots. I hope you're listening to this because you're a bunch of morons. You got you played yourself. Well done. Own goal. 
<laughs> Fucking Tony Abbott idiots. Anyway. That's really funny. Did you have yeah. anything to add to that? Uh, no, I don't think we need to indulge that anymore. Yeah. It's stupid and that's enough. It is ridiculous, yeah. the whole thing. I'm glad Dan, I'm really proud, well, proud. I'm really glad Dan, Dan Harmon came out and just, I mean, he didn't need to and yeah. like it's obvious anyway, but came out and just said, you're a bunch of fucking idiots. Yeah. So, yeah. Which made me happy. Uh, episode four, Vindicators three, the return of World Ender. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gillian Jacobs, Christian Slater, and Lance Reddick were all cameos in this one. I don't even know. Oh, Lance Reddick. Yeah, Lance Reddick is the guy from French. You should see French. Okay. Um, at Morty's insistence, Rick agrees to join the Vindicators, a group of intergalactic superheroes, to fight their arch nemesis, World Ender. The Vindicators enter World Ender's base only to find that the previous night a drunk Rick had killed <laughs> him and set up a, a variety of puzzles that the Vindicators must solve to survive. Mm. Uh, so this is, to begin with, at a base level, I've extended Avengers joke. Yes. It's just like yes, it a bunch of people with traumatic backstories and ridiculous <laughs> superpowers. Yeah. And like even the name of the Vindicators is great. Yeah. And it's fun too in a world where... Marvel heroes and DC, to a certain degree, are the biggest movies in the world and the biggest franchise going around. But you can just poke fun at that for a little bit. Yeah, of course. I mean, and you and I, uh, we love the Avengers. We love the love Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. And, um, and Wonder Woman on the DC side. Yes, yes. <laughs> <That's> right, <laughs> Nothing specific. else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is really fun to see them poke, you know, you know just aim some jokes at them. That, it's worthy because, of being made fun of. Absolutely. Because it is... As much as it's fun to go to the movies and watch them, the simplistic idea of good and evil, of, of course it's stupid. Of course there's, it, there's a childish element to that. And, of course, a character like Rick would, like, be so intolerant to that. Yeah. Because he realises that it's dumb and that Morty is naive to believe in such silly things. Yeah. What do you make uh, of the episode as a whole in terms of... While it's that extended Avengers joke, there's ultimately mm. the, un, the 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 real story. The meat of the episode is this: uh, Rick, yeah, he's gets so drunk um, that he, yeah, not only solves the problem for them, but basically puts them through a saw esque series of traps and yeah. starts killing them one by one or getting them to turn against each other. Uh, and what I found interesting about this scenario in terms of exploring Rick was we've had Rick versus Rick in the past, but Rick who can't understand the logic of the Rick that 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 did this is really interesting to me. It's definitely him that did it. It's the drunk version of him. He can't remember it. He can't fully understand it, but Morty understands yes, he it. Gets it. Morty understands all of the things, whether it's the bit about them all having similar traits mm-hmm. or the bit about just the funny bit about him talking about Israel is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> just like hey, every time he yeah. gets drunk he but starts like, talking about this. But like not in an anti-Semitic way, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And then um, ultimately the neutrino bombs and how many times... It's like, how many times have done... Too many, Rick. Yeah, I mean, we see in the first episode he has to do that in the opening. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great because it makes me like that opening more. Yeah, much more. Because I always found that bit a little bit mm, off. But the idea that this is a thing that Rick does when he gets drunk... Um, that Morty has to clean up that mess mm. over and over. It's kind of appealing to me. Yeah, and I, I think it really rings true that while Rick knows that he's pretty fucked up, um, I don't think he knows the depths of his unhappiness, which clearly comes out when he's very intoxicated, mm-hmm. which you know his family members have to deal with because he's 
clearly getting drunk very often and Morty and probably Summer and probably Beth and probably Jerry have to deal with that. And so I like the fact that he is surprised by the levels that he gets to, which is, I, I think, not that he would... Do anything about that. Do anything about that. But I think as a viewer, it's kind of important to see that as well, that he is even kind of lost to himself a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The ending of this is the... <laughs> the <laughs> I laughed so hard. The <laughs> you get to the end. Yeah. Uh, the twist ending, essentially, or the sort of, yeah. Uh, it's so fucked up. Where we think that it's Morty that is the thing in the, in the Vindicators that uh, Rick cares about. Ultimately, even Rick thinks it's Morty. He's even like, Rick yeah. thinks it's Morty. Mm-hmm. In, yeah, it's his idea. Yeah. The one thing that he tried to analyse about himself but ended up being wrong. wrong Morty wrong, was wrong. right the entire time. Yeah. It was basically no one there because... I can't remember the guy's name. The oh, me either. But the it's the uh, the what is he saying? Oh no, what does he say every time that Rick makes a joke? Oh, yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, it's the <laughs> other guy that yeah. they couldn't bring along because they left him to clean up Rick's shit. <laughs> that backed him up when he was making jokes and criticizing the Vindicators. That's is the was, person that Rick yeah. cared most about in the Vindicators, not Morty. This random Because he fucking feels like he gets him because he laughs at his jokes. Janitor guy in the background. Yeah. That's one of the saddest moments, though, is when that that little guy is he's really excited about going on his mission. Yeah. And then he has to stay back and clean up Rick's shit. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a really dark moment, actually, when, you know, they first come out in the morning and Rick's just in the middle of that yeah. room, ass up, just shat himself, shat the entire room. Um, and just has to go off and clean himself. Yeah, that's dark. Mm, good. Um, and then In the f- the, amongst an Avengers joke, which is, yeah, great Rick and Morty episode. Just a little note, a little uh, detail love at the end is when they, the very end of it, there's a big party for mm. this character whose name I can't remember. <laughs> Bad me. Um, I love the bit with Beth. Oh, sorry, with Summer when she comes in and goes, wow, you must have got really trashed mm, last night. She knows. And this... And I think this happens a few times this season where we realise that Beth, Summer, excuse me. Keep all women that. are interchangeable to broad. Absolutely. They're all the same. They're, they're, yeah. they're one's, right? one's blonde, right? one's red. <laughs> um, the, I, she really appears to be an important cog in how Rick and Morty function. She's sort of the, she knows a lot and she's the cleanup crew in, in some mm-hmm. ways. And just, and I think, I really like the relationship between Rick and Summer. Because I think too. there is a interesting. He has an interesting amount of respect for her. Well, probably more than Morty. Oh, absolutely more than Morty. Because, well, obviously he's passed down his intelligence to Beth, and some of that has trickled down into Summer. Mm. And while she's obviously not a super genius, she's still um, very much a high school stu- like yeah, girl. She's you know she's got this biting wit, and she kind of. Um, sees the world in a similar way that Rick does. Things are dumb. She doesn't really care about people, whatever. Mm. Um, so I think they actually have a lot in common. Yeah. Um, and I, she's, you know, probably a little similar to how Beth was when she was a teenager. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would think so as well. Um, yeah, just like that detail. I, I, Summer is my favourite character sometimes, possibly all the time. I, I think, really like I mean, her. yeah, she. I think she is my favourite character. Yeah. I mean, the way she ends this season is just perfect. Yeah. Just a little fart. Oh, yeah. That is great. <laughs> That's a great moment. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, what... Was there anything else about the episode particularly? 
Look, my, the- my notes stopped a long time okay, ago, I'll be cool. honest with you. Episode 5, The Whirly Dirly Conspiracy. To bolster mm. Jerry's self-esteem, Rick takes him on adventure. At Morty's request, while back home, Beth and Morty try to fix Summer. So, just to go back a little bit. Yes. I'm um, Just to refresh myself, which episodes we're talking about, I've got the Wikipedia page up. Oh, sure. That first sentence you just read. Directly from it. Yeah, yeah I directly know. from yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't. I'm not going to pretend I wrote these. <laughs> But I think you are pretending that you wrote them. Mm. I am. I am altering mm. them. I'm, yeah, right. I'm editing yeah. <laughs> some of them, putting them together in my own way. Very interesting. Very interesting. What a fraud. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. The so in this episode, yeah, Rick at uh, Moria's request is taking uh, Jerry on adventure. Takes him to essentially the safest place in the universe, mm-hmm. a place where there is an immortality field, where a theme park where you cannot die. You can kill people, and that sounds like my nightmare. What do you mean? I just, it would be so stressful because you'd be you'd go there and yes you would know that you can't die but also like I I just feel like you'd be walking around and people would just be like hacking each other's faces off. You oh know? yeah, like yeah. It, would be just, awful. it would be yeah. Yeah, doesn't it's sound not, like a fun time to me. But anyway, it's a bit like Westworld. Do you think yeah. you enjoy Westworld where you can just do whatever the fuck you want with those hosts? Well, I, well, we discussed that. I was like, would said, you shoot yeah. someone? I was like, yeah, I would shoot someone. Yeah, right. Well, that's. But what, I don't that- want anyone coming coming at me you know what i mean sure okay that's the point of oh, westworld, westworld is that you're is that like they're not gonna shooting things that aren't real yeah, yeah, yeah. because in your mind as a human you have been told that they're and, not and real stay, and don't have sentience if you stay yeah. central in that sort of the safe area then no one's going to attack you if you go out into the wildlands yeah, yeah. you might get into yeah. more hectic scenarios but even then they're not ultimately dangerous yeah. or perilous but in yeah this even one, this um well i mean you still you can't just die go, but it yeah. would be fun Beings fighting other beings. I think yeah. one of my favorite jokes in the episode, this episode, is the two little kids that keep shooting each <gasps> other. And then the moment that the field goes down and the little boy shoots the girl, it's like, Lisa? <laughs> Fuck, it's so dark. It's so dark, but it's so funny. I hope he comes back in like 15 seasons to like avenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be hilarious. Mm. Um, this episode's uh, an interesting one. I'm trying to, I've only just finished rewatching it actually. And I have not written very good notes for it, so I'm trying to remember the crux of it. But Jerry ultimately is feeling uh, that Rick is is um, sort of to blame for well, him. He, he says, like, you stole my family from me yeah. at the end there, which, you know, accurate. True. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He then is uh, sort of employed by a group of people who Rick helped. So sort of, so helped a group uh, to steal this alien's planet Mm. uh, or to take it over. They want Rick dead. They ask Jerry to help them do it by taking him on the whirly-dirly where there is a breach in the immortality field. 
they go, he takes Rick on it. Mm. The He gets second thoughts when Rick actually apologizes. Mm. It's a very odd moment for Rick, which starts a whole well, thing. I think Rick doesn't. It does. It doesn't matter to him anymore because Jerry is no longer a threat. Mm. So he'll and he's having a good time. Whatever they're drunk. Yeah, they're actually whatever. enjoying each other's company yeah. a little bit there, which is interesting. Because I love the bit because, about Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, <laughs> that's quite good. Um, because if yeah, Jerry doesn't have anything that Rick believes belongs to him. So what does he get? Yeah. He's having a good time with this guy. Whatever. Yeah. So I feel like he can give him that, and Rick. I doubt he really meant that for a second that he was truly sorry. Of course, he's not sorry. It's Rick. Why, why would he say it then? Why? Why did it come up? I think because Rick is intoxicated and he's just vibing and he's having a good time. Okay. Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot of thought into it there. From that, they escape this perilous situation and they are stranded on the planet and Rick is trying to get them away to get off planet essentially. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Jerry is being swallowed by this <laughs> extraterrestrial snake and he's pleading for Rick to help him. And ultimately Rick does, but only it seems because he can use Jerry to help them mm. get transport. He, but they, yeah, they have this... Great conversation. Great conversation where, you know, Rick really says, you know, I see you, I see what you do and I see how you operate yeah. and how you manipulate people into thinking you're pathetic and that you need them and when they finally give in, you've won and that's how you take over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just the Jerry pleading moment, him going from pleading with Rick to essentially insulting Rick and mm-hmm. really lashing out at him for a moment. Um yeah, there was some good moments for Je- for Jerry here, and then they finally get on this into like spaceship to leave, and they sort of soul meld for a little bit when the <laughs> temporal shield is destroyed, mm. and they go through a black hole. There's that funny joke about you know you should take the hole out for dinner yeah. first. <laughs> you can either do the dinner bre- joke oh, or the breakfast the joke. Fun. You can't do both, yeah. um, which is a cool bit of animation as well. Mm. Just the idea that they were had an epoch together of. It's an intoxicating scene. Oh, it's so funny. It's so good. And ultimately they get back and they make a deal not to talk about the adventure Mm -hmm. uh, or to leave out the parts where one tried to kill the other one. one, um, uh, What's the deal that Jerry makes? He won't tell that... He won't tell them that he admitted to undermining his marriage. Which also, once again, um, that wouldn't affect Rick at that stage because even in the first episode, he tells Morty, he's like, and you can, you know, tell tell anyone and no one will believe you. you. So I think he just says that because he just wants to go inside, doesn't care. Um, Because once again, Jerry really doesn't have any leverage there because who gives a shit about Jerry? Um, Yeah, it's an interesting episode and I think... While Jerry's motivations, obviously, to kill Rick are entirely selfish, I don't think they're wrong. Yeah. I think because Rick is so damaging to the family, um, whether the family is, where the parents are divorced or not, just to the individuals within the family, he's so damaging that um, if this show was framed differently, Jerry would be the hero in trying to kill this yeah, monster. It's a, it is a pretty interesting moment for Jerry, though, to ultimately be complicit in someone's in Rick's death. Like That's a big move for Jerry to be doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't have to do a whole lot. All he has to do is get him on the Willie Durley short. Yeah. But he's still making a decision to participate in his murder or his... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting place to take Jerry. And I like that we do get that scene where Rick... Gets to they get to talk about that and confront each other properly mm. about it, and they're not mincing words at all. It is a brutal, honest conversation between these essentially adversaries who are fighting over the affection of the same person. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, what does 
Jerry have? The only source of validation or self-worth for him was the fact that he had Beth and the fact that he was able to have this family with her. Not only is he no longer married to Beth, his family seems to be completely disinterested in him. Um, So he has nothing. He has no source of validation. He doesn't have a job. Um, And this man clearly has done this to him, seemingly on purpose Mm. to him. Um, So I can see you're off on a strange world and someone offers to get rid of the source of the problem so perhaps you can start to have the things Mm. that make you feel like you should keep living. That makes sense to me why you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. So it was a good Jerry episode, do you think? I don't think we learned a lot about Rick, but we learned a lot about Jerry. Yeah, I mean, the more I think about it, I think it's a good episode for Jerry. Did I... I, I, I wasn't like thrilled by it. You know what I mean? I, oh, rewatching I, it, I found it funny. Like, but I felt yeah. like, again, it was an example of just the writing is so like sharp and yeah. stuff. And even if like it's not my favorite, I'm not going to revisit this one a lot compared to other ones, mm. especially there's a few coming up that I fucking love. Um, it Like watching it again, I was like, this is a really solid, sharp mm-hmm. episode, which yeah. I think is true of most of the season, if yeah. not all of it. Yeah. Meanwhile, the other storyline back on Earth is. Yes, uh, Morty and Beth trying to fix Summer after she's enlarged herself. (laughs) And then, well, no, she sort of made herself grotesque, first of all. She was trying to get bigger boobs using this machine, (laughs) stuffs that up. She's just almost a a Cronenberg monster type thing Mm. for a while, but a giant one. They normalize her. She's still giant. I read somewhere that someone compared um, the large versions of Summer and Beth because they look like the... Titans, Titans from yeah, yeah from uh, <laughs> Attack, on Attack on Titan, which yeah. I've not watched, but you have seen season one. I've no, I haven't finished. I can't finish it. Okay. I've tried a couple of times to finish it. Oh, the monologuing. Oh, really? Ooh. Speaking of uh, yeah. show don't tell, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so that's a pretty straightforward story. There's the element of like the mother daughter relationship, and what's you know how Beth talks to and relates to her teenage daughter. Mm-hmm. And then there's the bet. My favorite bit of this, this whole thing is the Morty just saying, let's just ring Rick. Let's just ring Rick. And we're revisiting that idea of Beth's pride and needing to be able to do things herself sometimes. Yeah. I mean, we her greatest inheritance from Rick is ego. Absolutely. Which is like, no, no, I've got this. No, yeah. I've no, I don't need to listen to anyone. I've got this. Don't worry about it. Despite all evidence to the contrary. Yeah. She, yeah. Just, God, she's a bad parent. It, yeah. it, she is. It's a, I like it as a B story. I think it's a little, fun little one. There's mm-hmm. not that much time paid to it. It's just there and it fills up that space well. Yeah. I kind of like how capable Morty is in this as well. Well, I love it because, yeah, at the end, obviously, he, you know, they, they fix Summer and Beth. But just that moment where he's sitting with, what's his name, Ethan? Ethan. At, by the campfire. Yeah. And just threatening him. I was like... That's a pretty Rick move right there. But, yeah. I, but I really respect it. It's like, yeah, you, you hurt my sister. My s'more is burning. Yeah. But even before that's, that's, yeah, it's quite a intimidating scene where he's mm. making that s'more. He's talking to Ethan. Yeah. But even before that, I just like when they're like, I, I know how to fix this. And yeah. Beth, Beth is the one who's trying to. And he's like, Moy's saying all the right things. We don't know what this stuff means. Normal mm-hmm. might be, you know, they're spider legs. people. Yeah. Yeah. Reverse could be something we can't imagine. And mm-hmm. then he's the one who gets the machine working. He's ultimately the one who can make the plan happen, even yeah. though it's best plan and how to resolve this. Well, he's had summer. the experience. He's lived it. But I, and it's cool that. And it's probably actually like, not. Sorry. Now that I think about it, Beth, there's probably a part of Beth that really resents that. Probably. That Morty 
is coming from a place of experience that she wishes she had. Yeah. yeah. And she, want, well, she wants to do everything. She's the one who wants to call the hotline stuff mm-hmm. and Morty's telling her what to do and she will actively act against that because she doesn't want mm. his advice. Yeah, exactly. Because she wants to be the one to do it. She, and she wishes that Rick had taken her on those adventures. Yeah. So she knew that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I, it reminds me in Doctor Who how when the Doctor has a companion, when they start off, they have no idea what they're doing. And by the end of their run, they usually can fly the TARDIS and like yeah. understand all the gobbledygook side, pseudo talk, space talk or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I like looking that to Morty because Morty so often was just the butt of being dumb. But while he's still like very insecure and cowardly at times, mm. even though he can be violent, he has learnt things. Like, yeah, he doesn't he's have, more capable he doesn't have like this hyper intelligence, no. but he's learnt uh, the practicalities yes. of that life. Yeah, absolutely. Episode six, rest and relaxation. Rick and Morty mm. go to an intergalactic day spa and have their toxic personality traits extracted. When they're extracted, we have this very sort of neutered version of Rick, who mm-hmm. is very mellow and just sort of yeah. like cool, whatever will be, will be. And Morty, who has all these insecurities taken out, and is suddenly the coolest guy that ever lived, and is hyper capable. Yep. yep. Um, what do we think about this episode? I think it's really interesting, mm-hmm. um, particularly coming from the the show comes from a mind of someone who really doesn't like therapy, yeah, <laughs> and kind of using that idea of what we are meant to think is the healthy version of us in our mind, how we visualize what our best self would be and then actually having having that in front of us, particularly with Morty, who is one of those people who's all about self-improvement and self-actualization and, like, I really believe in myself and just spouting all these mottos and all these, you know, new age improvements that people kind of get obsessed by um, and actually how kind of toxic that is and how um, that alienates you from people because it's not real it's not about being truly vulnerable it's about thinking that you can somehow will away your pain and that other people can do that as well when that's not true yeah there's a couple of interesting things here i think the version of morty that we get is a very accurate version of what i think morty would like to be right yes so the healthy morty is exactly why I think healthy Morty, what what Morty thinks he should be or would like to be. I mean, he yeah, he hates himself because of his insecurities. And he wishes he, he could get past he them. He gets rid of those mm-hmm. and it's pretty much all that's there in his toxic version. Yeah. And with that, he becomes this self-actualized version of Morty, a scary kind of Morty that might be a bit of a sign on what evil Morty, where mm. evil Morty comes from in terms of the the potential of Morty. When you feel like you don't have to be afraid anymore, yeah. what does that Morty look like? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, yeah, you've gone so far mm-hmm. that that's <laughs> that you. Be- what does what does Morty yeah. become? Really interesting place to take it. I'm not sure I'm fully on board with the version of Rick we get. That's the healthy, healthy Rick. Rick and, yeah, I'm not sure if that fits with me. That's what Rick would really think of himself. The toxic version of Rick. That's like insulting Morty and stuff like this. I like the idea that it's the it's the version of Rick that gets rid of his attachments. Like he would think that is weak. Like he says outright and he uses the toxic Morty to his advantage. He starts shooting it and saying, you know, you want to protect this. I know because I don't have that in me right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's weakness. So it's out of me. But that plays against the idea that this like insulting side of Rick came out. I'm not sure he thinks that's necessarily toxic yeah. or bad. Well, he. That's mm. strength in some ways that he can just 
mm. exert his will on other people and that's what Toxic Rick does. Well, I, I wonder if it's a combination. Yeah, I'm just thinking about this now. I wonder if it's a combination of things as Rick, who is someone who doesn't self-reflect. Mm. So, the the subconscious subconscious idea of what is unhealthy is simply the thoughts of other people that have been told to him about what is unhealthy about him. Well, it's possible if you take into account what the therapist was saying, if Mm. you want to take out this idea that he isn't self-reflecting and he isn't... That, but that it could be like a myriad people. of of people's opinions of like you know the therapist like you know the or whoever it was like oh that awful anger that you have and then you know some other person that he respects might be like your attachments are weakness you know what I mean so it might yeah. just be a culmination of these other ideas of unhealthiness because he maybe he he could because he doesn't reflect consciously. I ju- I just find it conflicting like the if the attachments that, yeah, are your weakness saying, yeah. then then care like. The part of you that is like destructive of other people shouldn't be in there too. They are opposing ideas, like if like attachments and then ki- like not or not and not giving a shit about people can't both be in that. I don't know. It just feels like Morty's one is really, really. I like the Morty toxic Morty or the or the healthy mm. Morty and what that's like. I I, I toxic think, Rick is just a little bit too yeah, obvious. Yeah, to I think the. I, I, I totally, I totally get what you're saying, but I think you, I don't know if I necessarily agree that because the toxic Rick verbalizes all of this hatred towards Morty, doesn't mean that he doesn't feel a huge amount of affection for him. No, 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 I'm, I'm not saying that. It's, oh. it's like he, that's exactly what toxic Rick has. Mm. He has both those sides. Yeah, but I find it interesting that Rick would that the polar opposite versions of his personality would both be the toxic parts. They seem counterintuitive. Yeah. I feel like Rick version of healthy Rick is one or the other mm-hmm. because if his attachments are the thing that we point out as being the toxic part of him, yeah. then you would. Ex- I would think that the part of him that keeps people away would be strength to yeah. some degree. That, that's why... I think the only way I think that works is if it's other people's opinions which is, and conflicting which opinions. Which is ultimately the yeah. logic problem with it. Yes, especially agreed. when it goes out of its way to say it's our versions yeah. of what healthy is. Yes. And so ultimately, I just think that bit doesn't quite work as neatly as it usually does. Mm-hmm. It's the... It, I mean, it's still much more interesting than most television. We do this all the time. <laughs> this is not a huge criticism. It's just a little detail that I noticed. Mm-hmm. Does, there's no real Beth storyline or anything in this one, is there? I don't think there's much going on here at all because they have that bit where Summer and Beth are just sort of sit in for a bit where they have a fight in the lounge room, um, which is a hilarious What's fight. What's the fight? Where Toxic Rick and Rick are fighting in the lounge room and then they like... He, Toxic Rick, Rick released that beast oh, thing that yeah, grows Oh, yeah, sorry. I thought you meant Beth was having a fight. No, no, no. They're yeah, just no, sort of witness to it. That's, that's all that's amazing, yeah. That is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can move on. Episode we still have a lot to get through, and we've got oh, yes, we got to keep moving. Episode seven, <laughs> the Rick Lantis mix-up slash Tales of the Citadel, because this this I think this episode has kind of been retitled since because they totally pretended they were going to Atlantis beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> Every yeah. bit of marketing for this was just like, hey, Rick and Morty go to Atlantis. Won't this be a fun adventure? They do go to Atlantis. But we go somewhere else. We do go somewhere we else. We go to the Citadel of Ricks. Yes, we do. And get to witness a series of semi-related alternate Rick and Morty stories on the Citadel. Um, this is fucking amazing. So good. So it is good. Standing ovation for this episode. It's I- 
fucking love it. Yeah. I, Spoiler, it's my favorite. Yeah, mine too. But I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, it's hard to know where to start with this episode. There is so much to digest. It mm-hmm. is just basically, I think it's five or six stories that could be a whole episode of television or even movies and be satisfying. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, they come down to just examining this society of Rick and Morty's and what that really looks like as it's functioning. It is like we talked about in season one when we first were sort of introduced to the Council of Ricks and taking these logical steps to their ultimate conclusion and and going another 10 steps with it. That's fucking fascinating. Um, and so, so good. And at the end of all of it, it ends up being a story about Evil Morty. Mm-hmm. Fuck yes. <laughs> Which is what we all love. Fuck want. yes. I was so happy. Ever since season one, I've wanted more of it with Morty. It was so fascinating to me. And we finally get to see more of it. It's so cool. Did you have a favorite story in this? or I really enjoyed is always the wrong word when I feel like talking about the more complex stories of Rick and Morty. But um, Cop Morty. Cop Morty and Cop Rick is really good. Very fascinating. I love the bit where he's like talking with the Mortys and they're like using oh geez like it's street slang. <laughs> yeah. Like it's But like the and the animation oh, is so good because you see the anger when they're calling him like a sidekick or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um and then when he did he sh- and also another great bit of animation when he shoves the gun in the Morty's mouth. And he's like crying and snotting yeah. and everywhere. And it's just like going to like the back of his throat. It's yeah. so good. It's terrifying. it's genuinely terrifying. Like I'm scared of um, more, that Morty in that version. I yeah, I I love that one. It's but a great. It's a really good cop noir story, it's and it's really like good. four or five minutes of this episode yeah. total. Yeah. Um, then you've got the Stand by Me storyline. <laughs> yeah. You got the hostage scenario storyline. I mean, Fuck me. Just the simple Rick thing. Simple Rick is. I I mean that's what I have most of my notes on. Actually, is just that. The ads of Simple Ricks, I just find really well done. Go on, dive into that and, for a second. Well, after I watched that episode, every single I think I went to work the next day, and I was on the tram, and I was just passing all these billboards, and every everything I was like, "Oh, it's Simple Rick! Oh my god, it's Simple Rick! It's just the come home to the flavor of your own completion." Yeah, and I was like. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> They've cracked it. They've cracked the code. <laughs> but it just like simple Damascus. But <laughs> and I was like, oh, it just made me feel ill. And um, yeah, and I just like I just thought more and more on it. And just like yeah, the, the this idea that you go to work to like a shitty job that leaves you feeling so incomplete, and then just so that you can then. Buy the things that promise to make you, to, that will make you feel yeah. complete, and then you're just like locked into this lie that just like keeps the world functioning, but leaves you with no autonomy, and it's just terrifying. I mean, like how many products sell us on the idea that you can use those products as a way to connect with or bond with your uh-huh. family, um, but obviously in order to obtain them, you have to leave your family every day, uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's just. And I love that the rebellion takes place in that factory yeah, of yeah. Simple Ricks. I, I just think that is wonderful. And also just like at the end of that story yeah. when, you know, there's the rebellion and Rick is then rewarded and he becomes the new Simple Rick. And um, it actually really re- reminded me of that. I don't know if you ever actually saw it, but that Kendall Jenner ad for Pepsi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did say that. I was yeah. just like, 
that's that ad in which it's all these young people who are like right rebelling, yeah, yeah rebelling and rioting in the street and just like taking on authority and being the man yeah. with Pepsi <laughs> it just like commodifies yes. this like disillusionment and political activism of young people in America I'm and just like corporatizes oh. the whole thing <laughs> fucking crazy it's just so, and like and that when you watch that ad it's hilarious it's so that, fucked up that ad yeah. got so panned though yeah, like that, it was, that it was so good. did not work yeah. that one ultimately <laughs> everyone was just like, like no I think that was so on the nose that people yeah. were like mm. but that kind of thing is like it's, it does happen a lot though it you does see, like, like it's in like it's everywhere yeah Coke, Coke gets yeah. on that stuff too and mm-hmm. like there's so many ads it's interesting with like the Yes campaign and those sorts of things. Those that don't know, it's about the same-sex marriage. Oh, sorry, currently in Australia, in we're Australia. deciding, we're voting on whether gay people should be able to get married or not, basically, because that's a thing. <laughs> and not in the, because I'm yes for that, but there should be a fucking vote. It should just, it's bullshit that they're letting, uh, uh, anyway, we don't need to start on that track again. Um, yeah, that happens a lot. There is a lot of that going on Super Bowl ads and stuff like that that are oh man it's yeah I mean there's so much stuff about empowerment and even specific political issues though ultimately yeah or like post like the resist thing in America is being corporatized even the idea Mm -hmm. of like the Trump administration and what that's doing to America and resisting that or voting against that when Mm -hmm. there was still an election going on oh my god yeah and it, it just, it you know, it even goes to, like, the simple things, like, you know, those fucking... Simple ricks. Yeah, simple ricks. The fucking Dove ads that are all about, like, accepting your body. when That's they When they sell beauty products. Oh, like, what the fuck? Was it, uh, Either it's okay to be natural or it's not. Like, it's it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Was, the whole the, thing. was there the Heineken ad about the people who, like, uh, were on different sides of, like, same-sex marriage votes and stuff like that? And <laughs> I didn't see that one. they, like, all had a beer together and, like, they got to, like, know oh, each other's yeah, sides. Yeah, I remember the headlines about that. Oh, yeah. fuck. That was a fucked up thing, too. Yeah. And it oversimplifies everything mm-hmm. and, like, and sometimes revels in the idea that, like, that... <sighs> I, it's, I, it's, I really, I really am yeah. past this in the, idea. In those that ones, though, it's all about like equal <laughs> attention. Yeah, there's a big debate at the moment about the ABC and where, that some politicians, right wing politicians, mm-hmm. are suggesting that the ABC needs to give. Oh no, that would no even better. Sorry, better example. All over the place. Yeah, sorry, yeah, get it together. No, <laughs> the best example was recently Macklemore, Macklemore or Macklemore. I can never get his name. I've got right, no idea. I don't care. Was doing so the NRL, another football code in America, it's rugby. in Australia, rugby yeah. had. Macklemore, Macklemore doing the that something love, same love, same love awful song. song, yeah. And one of our previous prime ministers. I'm saying, obviously, I'm pro gay marriage. I'm a gay person. I just fucking hate that song. Sure, but was saying that that was politicizing this issue. And if we really had free speech, that there would be a pro gay marriage song and an anti gay marriage <laughs> song presented at the thing. It's like. I don't think you fucking get it. Yeah. <laughs> or when people suggest that we, we're talking about climate change, we need to hear both sides of the argument, even though 99% of the scientific community agrees on one thing, and there's this rogue group of fucking who knows what. Who It's like equal weight would does not mean we get to hear both sides of the argument if we know it's one or most of the evidence points one way. That's yeah. not how. That's not good journalism. Some things, some ideas don't deserve to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Just because they exist doesn't mean they deserve yeah, to be heard. Yeah, I mean, I can say that climate change is caused by my own personal farts. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean I should go on Q&A and have a bit long exactly. chat about that. Yeah. But I think... Climate like, change is caused by the decrease in pirates activity. <laughs> how, don't you follow pastafarianism? 
Obviously. Where is that debate happening? Yeah. But also, <laughs> back to Rick and Morty. Sorry. Like, yeah, the idea of like, yeah, with that Heineken conversation is Ugh. that all these people come together on opposing issues and share a beer and are able to relate to each other. But the message in that is that you need to buy this beer so yes. that in order to connect with other yep. people. Like, that's the bonding force. But they mark it in a way that like, it's humanity. There just happens to be a beer here. But ultimately, the real message is you need the beer. Buy this beer. Yeah, which is fucked. Um. I think this is a really dense episode because there is yeah. so much, sto- so many stories going on. Um, is there a, a, any other particular elements you want to talk about? Otherwise, I just want to get to the ultimate conclusion of this episode, which is that we get to see uh, Evil Morty again, finally, and he mm. is plotting some devilish scheme now that he's in charge of the Citadel of Ricks. He is uh, the president-elect, or not the president-elect, he actually is the president or whatever it is now. He survived. He, the assassination didn't work. Great reveal, by the way, when they play that song again from mm, the first season. Episode. So good. But we talked about, we have theorized on Evil Morty and our Rick's past and so, for, so on and so forth. That discussion has penetrated our audience a little bit. Mm-hmm. We got an email from one Benjamin Clark. What a, up? Friend of ours. And he writes, hello, Damascus Broad. Long time friend, first time contacting. <laughs> Hilarious, man. I wanted to comment on your Rick and Morty review, specifically to mask your theory about Rick not being originally from Morty's universe. I agree. Specifically in connection to evil Morty, we see in the first episode flashbacks of Morty as a baby, see in his first episode flashbacks of Morty as a baby, and Broad, you pointed out the photo of Bird Person's house, the photo of Morty who didn't look right. My theory is Rick originally was from a universe where he wasn't an absentee father to Beth and took Morty on adventures. So we've seen young children, Beth in season three, which we're getting to, are impressionable to Rick's homicidal tendencies. Perhaps he's this arrogant and dangerously clever Morty learned from Rick, which was the sort of theory you mm, were coming up with before, yeah. especially when we see, um, yeah, Rick is he's getting more capable and mm. potentially violent. Um, uh, Morty, yeah. Morty, sorry. But the question is, if this happened, why did Rick leave that dimension? And did the original Rick from Cronenberg Universe die? It, so... The Rick mm. that we first meet yeah. was that cr- one already yeah. dead. Um, is this how Rick knows you only get a few of these? He's already done it. Yes. I don't know if you enjoy this, but I thought you'd share kind regards. Mm-hmm. Benjamin J. Clark. Yeah, I do believe that um, the Rick, the original Rick from the universe that we, the Cronenberg, the, well, now, Cron- now, Cronenberg. the now Cronenberg one probably is dead. Yep. Um, or either he abandoned Beth and just never came back. But I think he's probably do, dead. Do we talk about that idea that that maybe he left on adventure and never came back because he died? Like the whole reason that he has left Beth in this universe is because he went on adventure and died. And so this Rick was able to insert himself into this universe because... Isn't that what we're talking about right now? Sorry, yeah. But th- do we talk about that already? I don't think so. Okay, sorry. Not, that I, that. not that I remember. It's hard to know what I've talked about and what yeah, I've just I thought about a lot. Yeah, I know. I know. We've been um, so totally immersed in the Rick and Morty world yeah. for the past three weeks. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure that we've spoken that, about that. It, but yeah. necessarily, I just like the idea that he didn't necessarily abandon her on purpose. Mm. That Oh, I see what you're saying. That I see. She thought he abandoned mm. him when he returned that he was able to play that card like oh I've come back yeah. really that Rick just died on some adventure at some stage never it came back she's like what happened to my dad and so Al the Rick we now know has, was able to reinsert himself mm. into that universe because yeah, there was he, no there was an absence of did say he was, was it that he was going to go get ice cream and he never came back or he just went on an adventure 
Uh, I don't know that the, the ice cream thing I thought was from the end of from the tiny planet or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I can't remember if that was a reference if he had done to. that. Yeah. Anyway, um, so what was the other part of that question? Uh, ben asked a couple of questions there. Oh, uh, I don't know if it was questions so much as it was comments. Uh, At the end there. But, 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 but the question is, if this happened, why did Rick leave that dimension? And did the original Rick mm, yeah. die? We already asked that thing about dying. So um, so why did he leave? I mean, I would assume that either he saw the destruction or perhaps even Morty um, destroyed the world that they were in. Yeah, that makes the most sense. That yeah. he, the, he had to abandon the universe because... He destroyed it. Maybe he even needed to destroy Morty and destroy the universe mm, in doing so. And thought he has destroyed that Morty. Destroyed yep. the universe or that world in doing so. Mm-hmm. Thought he destroyed Morty in particular and then left. Because yep. mm. he's unaware of evil Morty at this stage. Yeah. Well, he hasn't mentioned him yet. Well, and, he doesn't and, know, he he doesn't doesn't know, know that, that evil Morty, lives, evil Morty is, is there. In, is a thing. Whether yeah. it's his previous Morty or not, we don't know. But that yep. would certainly be yep. the most. Because, yeah, scenario. no one's ever told him of what happened with the... The cyborg him when we first encountered Evil, Evil Morty. No, yeah. no. So we, no one's so he, he yeah he's completely unaware of. Yeah, it's interesting because that suggests it suggests that it would suggest that that Morty is that Rick and that Morty are each other's Rick and Morty. But we we've got no reason to think that. It's the assumption you would easily make mm-hmm. because they I'm, were paired up yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's you know some editing cues and things like that um, that we've seen to allude to that, but there's no concrete evidence yeah. to suggest it. Mm. Uh, when Morty... Re- oh, sorry. Oh, no, that also was the one back thing. To that. Did we talk about that with the picture? Uh, I no. never connected this dot, but we... But it's also... Sorry, you say the thing and then I'll... The yep. dot I asked... The thing I asked last season, last episode of the podcast, was why did we... What was important about the picture of Rick with a Morty? At Birdperson's house. At Birdperson's house. And ultimately, the conclusion I finally came to discussing this with Ben actually on Facebook, on Messenger, was that, holy shit, we are meant to believe that he abandoned Beth before she had Morty. Yeah. So then why? So why are there pictures of him with a Morty Mm -hmm. when he's young? And the answer to that is that he was with a Morty. Yeah. It wasn't. That's the bit, the absentee. Yeah. He was an absentee grandfather. Yeah. That's the that's the piece of evidence to suggest that we didn't mention that yet. That's the important that's the important thing is that we also have an early clue been. of that as well, which I remembered What's when that? you sent that through to me, Ben's message. Um, when in that Evil Morty episode, and I think I believe it's the Evil Morty episode when he's um, being shown his memories and he starts crying, and the other Rick that's captioned him is like, "Why are you crying? Like we don't care about our Mortys." And the image is it's little. Morty and Rick is like picking him up. Yeah. Yeah. So we have like a visualization that this Rick that we have has the memory of being there when Morty was young. Yeah. So whether that picture that bird person has or not, it's definitely an image um, in that the Rick we know's mind. Yes. It's, it's his and memory. And that shouldn't be the case because he should not have been there for no. Morty's life up until two weeks basically before we start the show. Yeah. That's the clue. We're idiots. I'm sure our audience is way ahead of us on that. <laughs> yeah. But that is really fascinating. I hope we get there one day. We don't get there this season, but we know we're getting a season four. So yeah. yay for that. And I can't see them stopping anytime soon because this show is very popular. Uh, episode eight, Morty's Mind Blowers. When Morty requests to have a traumatic memory deleted, Rick reveals he has gone through this process several times before and starts to show him a selection of his this 
of his memories. Um, this is essentially Dan Harmon's doing the clip show, fake clip show thing again, which he's done in Community, mm-hmm. to great effect. And I think to great effect again. I really like this episode. I think it is fucking hilarious. Yeah, it, it is a really good episode, though I think... Because it followed oh, um, it the Citadel ha- one, I was like, yeah, that was okay. Um, I mean, it's a great episode of TV. <sighs> really um, funny. Very, very funny. It made me laugh a lot. It did. Yeah. So many funny ideas. And it's, <laughs> if you, there is a lot of stuff out there. You can go on Twitter and find, I think Justin Royland, maybe Dan Harmon, a few of the other writers have posted like the multiple ideas they had to make and then basically cut out of their script. Mm. So many funny ideas for Morty Mind Blowers. I'll have to check them out. Uh, the one with the Mr. Lunas, whatever it is, the, f- the start, <laughs> who's a smudge on the lens is hilarious. The <laughs> the one where Beth chooses Summer, Summer. in a Sophie's That's Choice great. scenario. But just like immediately, Summer. Summer. Yeah. Summer. <laughs> the, I think one of my favorites one is like when... <laughs> When Rick's talking about taking things for granted. Granite? Yeah. <laughs> and what are Morty's, you, a rock person? A boulder? A rock person? What are you talking about, Rick? Uh, uh, do you yeah. want me to do a, you, do you want me to, you know, is that traumatizing? Do you want me to erase that memory? Yeah. No, why would I do mm, that? That's um, so fucked up, yeah. Oh, they're uh, too made to name. They are so, so funny. The one with the, the space worms coming out of Morty, they have to tell him that oh they love him. Oh my God. That's just, that makes me feel really ill. It's so good. Ugh. Yeah. The one with the guy who comes to ask Rick to kill him because he's a great warrior and then Morty convinces him that he <laughs> does There was a lot of evidence. There was a lot of evidence. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's all real. Oh, my God. Oh, I blame you. <laughs> it, it is really funny. <laughs> it's a really funny episode. There yeah. are so many funny bits. And I do love, again, we're talking about like how capable summer is mm. the bit at the end when she comes in she's got like the isopole in her stick she's like oh this again. Hand. Yeah. And it's like oh what is this is this a scenario three rick it's like what scenario what it's like oh scenario four and like breaks <laughs> up and just there's this little bit of animation animation i love where she's like got the gun to like tranquilize them both and she mm. sort of just leans on one hip and it's yeah. totally casual like she's done this a million times before mm. i think it's just a perfect bit of animation that says so much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. god i love Beautiful. summer yeah and uh, Jerry's mind blower at the end where he fucked up the E.T. like saving thing. Jerry's mind blower where they're like, they've ditched the cops. They've got like the E.T. type oh, yeah. thing. And then Jerry was meant to bring the alien to the, <laughs> and he left in the car. I and forgot it- about that. I've only like, because I was rewatching the episodes today, like after I'd eaten a huge amount of food, it was absurd. And I think I fell asleep um, towards the end of this episode. But yeah, that's right. I've only watched that bit once, but it was really fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Uh, there's Depth-wise, there's not a whole lot to go into here, except no. that Morty realizes that Rick is an asshole. But we already knew that. We knew that, yeah. Yeah. So, it does. It, it's not a whole lot, though. This is a, a, a thing before it goes to the title sequence, Rick says, and we're doing this instead of interdimensional cable. Yeah. Acknowledging that it's a TV show. Again. Acknowledging the TV show, but also I like that one in the sense that we already had problems with interdimensional yeah, cable too. So it's nice of them to go, we're not doing that again. Don't ask for it. We've got something else to do. Yeah. And I think it's superior, personally. I, I love it. I like it. Episode nine, the ABCs of Beth. Rick and Beth mm. enter Fruppy Land, a harmless fantasy world created by Rick for a young Beth built inside a pocket dimension. Jerry asks Morty and Summer to help him break up with an alien huntress girlfriend. This is what I asked for last season. Yes, we. This was funny because we watched that episode. You watched the episode directly after we. That's right. Because remember I said that, and you're like, "We got to watch the next episode." Yeah. You wanted Beth. You wanted a Beth episode. I just yeah, I wanted to know 
who she was a little bit more. You got a Beth episode. I did get a Beth What do you think? Yeah, I really I I liked it. Like um the 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 fucking the Muppets and then oh. eating the children was a lot. I was like, oh my, <laughs> okay, all right. Um, but the way it ends, I think, is so wonderful. I think, um, and it ties back to the therapy session about choice and how important choices are. And here we have Beth um, being told by Rick that all we have is choices. And even though you feel like you don't have a choice. I am explicitly telling you, I'm giving you a choice right now. Yep. And whatever you make, you're just going to be happy knowing that you're able to make it, um, so, which I really appreciated and didn't think we'd get a re- resolution on. I, I thought they were going to leave that completely open to mm-hmm. interpretation forever and ever, that we yeah. would never, ever explore. It seems like a very Rick and Morty thing to do that. To just leave it. Yeah, yeah I was surprised that they went to it at all, which they get to in episode 10. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really like this episode as well. It was great to have a best best centric stuff. There's little details in this episode that, that I love as well. I just love the whole Rick loses an arm and without batting an <laughs> eyelid, it just connects a mechanical arm. And it's just he's just like that for the rest nearly the rest yeah. of the episode until yeah. he just doesn't have it anymore. Mm. Once he's obviously fixed it at some stage in the background, so yeah. plenty of time for him being away from Beth that he could have just done it. Mm. And okay. Yeah, and just hilarious. Yeah, diving further into who Rick was as a father mm-hmm. when she was young and his way of coping with a difficult child, <laughs> quite a difficult child, um was not, you know, to get her help or to try and understand why she's the way she is so that maybe her life would be a little bit easier. Oh, don't, don't send her to therapy. God, no, 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 no. Instead, build an entire world where she can do what to she placate wants. placate her. To placate her. She can do what she wants, but also not hurting other people and get herself in some trouble. Um, and just that box of terrifying toys. Terrifying yeah. toys. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's a joke that goes on so long. It goes to unfunny to back to funny again. It just keeps going. <laughs> it's just, just the teddy bear with like the anatomical. Sorry, that's my phone. Just the teddy bear with like anatomical, anatomically correct innards, so she could you know even practice her surgery back then. But also has a vibe of like a young serial killer. What about, about it? What about the sentient switchblade? That's so good. Hi Beth, you've gotten taller. Should we start stabbing again? Should we can su- resume stabbing. <laughs> Fucking hell. Very good. Um, uh, yeah, it's yeah. what I wanted. Mm. It was very cool. Do you buy into the idea that Beth was kind of a sociopath, possibly violent child? Does that make sense to you? Not from what I've seen previously, not so much. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know where those tendencies have gone. gone. Yeah. Except that she's a surgeon. Yeah. And... I find that I find that potentially. I I wish they'd sort of said it a mm. little bit better, but there is something interesting about because she said she wanted to be. She's always said she wanted to be a real doctor, right? She's a horse doctor instead. Yeah, kind of makes me wonder whether something happened. Oh, that'd be cool. During that medical school. Maybe years. she enjoyed it too much and Some, they had to let her go. Because there's something about surgery, and I talk about my pa- with my patients about this sometimes when we're talking about like risk reward of surgery and when it's a good idea and when it's mm. not. Um, surgery is kind of like deliberate damage. Mm. It's you are choosing, you, you are deliberately cutting things, damaging things with yeah. the ultimate goal of fixing it. Yeah. But it is 
physical damage you are doing to somebody. And so if she is into violent yeah. like tendencies, I can see the appeal of yeah. surgery over That's why you do it and still have a life. This is also functioning. Uh, this is also a Dan Harmon thing who thinks that Doctors are psychopaths <laughs> who just experiment on people and give them stuff and cut them open and have no fucking idea what they're doing. Yeah. So I think he's he's kind of placed that idea in Beth without saying it outright yet, but I think right. that's ultimately where you would go with it. Yeah, I'd certainly enjoy more exploration of that idea. Um, it would be great to see like some sort of flashy back thing of what Beth's life was after yeah. Rick left. Yeah, but I but I don't see it in what we've seen before. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I agree. I think there the dots aren't all there to connect yet, mm-hmm. but there's potential dots to connect. Yes. Like I think I can I could fill it in myself, but I don't know if that's the real picture. I've sort of made up my own picture mm-hmm. inside it. Um but yeah, yeah, interesting. Um I like that episode a lot too. Very good. And the ending is excellent. Oh, and the Jerry stuff. Forgot about the, yeah. yeah, the Jerry stuff Jerry stuff's fine. I don't there's not a whole lot to explore there. Who yeah, what Jerry Get, falls in love with Can't someone who's own totally up wrong to his own shit. And is really yeah. just trying to do it because he's trying to impress Beth and then he's too cowardly to do it himself, so he throws his kids under the bus. Yeah, it sounds like Jerry to me. Yeah. But it's a fun adventure. I, I, it's funny and I like mm-hmm. it. I someone said to me the other so, so I read something that people's their favorite relationship in the show is Summer and Morty because they, they work well as a team when they when they mm. are a team and they protect each other. Yeah. And I agree. Mm-hmm. And I really like them when they're like teaming up against Jerry and yeah. like yeah, I really like in the first episode. I really like the stuff where Morty is trying really hard to make Summer understand that mm. you know it's best if Rick just stays gone. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Episode ten: The Ricturian Morty date. Rick and Morty bail on a presidential call to exterminate an alien pest inside the White House and start a feud with the Commander in Chief. Beth has an existential crisis, trying to determine if she is a Rick-created clone of herself. Mm-hmm. We've just watched We've this. Just watched I have it. zero notes. Um, well, I've, I've got like one note and it's Start kind there. of what we already discussed though. It's like that Beth is no longer afraid or at least motivated by her fear of Rick leaving. Um, which, means that, get to. which means that Rick won't have total freedom to do what he, whatever he wants and, and stay in the house as well. Yeah. It, the ending place of this episode is the most interesting thing. Yes. Um, the, what the Rick and Morty storyline, this ongoing sort of escalation between, the president who has returns from the Get Swifty episode from season two mm-hmm. and Rick and sort of Morty. And it, it again, it ends up sort of being about Rick's ego and being turned into a glorified exterminator and wanting to rebel against that and happy to save the world as long as they do it on their own terms. Mm-hmm. And he keeps framing it as though it's about Morty wanting to get a selfie with the president, but ultimately Morty doesn't give a shit and takes the family to hiding when Beth is trying to figure out whether Rick's going to kill her because he's clone <laughs> or not. Yeah. Um, it's not the most interesting story for Rick as, no. it, as it happens. But what's interesting about, I think in a way, is that while Rick is doing his Rick stuff, the family's evolving around him a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's where the interesting part comes in because it leaves Rick in a much more interesting situation. I was, I didn't expect that we were ever going to talk about the Beth clone thing again, or at least not for a long time. The fact that it's an episode this episode immediately afterwards surprised me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I did not see that coming at all. I I think I liked it. Again, I've, I'm only just sort of processing this still while thinking about the entire season as a whole. Mm. Her, I, yeah, I her stuff liked with Jerry was the good. Beth stuff. And I liked, yeah, her the scene with Jerry was actually quite sweet. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I don't think it's a good idea. 
Um, the question remains whether this can last. Yes. Um, yeah, totally. Is this real it. evolution or is this a false pseudo um, pit stop? Eh? Yeah. We're exploring an idea that's ultimately going to return to the norm like sitcoms normally do. Yeah. Which is they're going to be unhappy again. I mean, so much of what is in Rick and Morty and just Rick's character is, you know, I mean, it really comes from uh, Camus, really. And one of the things that he says is that we always deceive ourselves twice about the people we love, first to their advantage, then to their disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And I think perhaps Beth is just on that cycle again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where now she's just, just deceiving herself for yeah, the advantage of Jerry once more and then it's going to turn to the disadvantage again. Um, yeah, so I, I, I found the Beth stuff really, really interesting. And I, it, but it, it more just makes me excited for where that's going to go in the future. Now, obviously, that the dynamic has changed. The stuff with Rick and the President was very uninteresting to me. I didn't particularly like it. Is it similar to the Pickle Rick stuff where it's like there's some fun ideas here, but it's not really... Yeah. It's not exploring anything, so... Yeah, I, I, I think so. I'm just kind of watching stuff without getting anything from it i guess yeah i'm not sure you said after the episode that you thought it was more focused on the president than it was on rick well it was quite yeah it was um quite often rick and morty would go off and then we would be left with the president yeah yeah. and i don't care about the president i don't even i don't find that character even particularly funny i think ultimately that's if we were spending time with him it was probably more to do with the fact that the Writers thought he was a funny character. Yeah, and I don't find him. And I, I can understand the impulse to make fun of the president of the United States at the moment. Mm. Uh, not that it does. It's really reflecting an explicit way on anything Trump or, or anything yeah. at the moment. But I can certainly see the impulse there. But the idea of that powerful figure. I like that Dan, Dan yeah. Harmon finally got Minecraft into Rick and Morty. I'm sure he's been wanting to do that for a long time. Mm-hmm. He loves Minecraft. Right. Um, constantly talks about how much he plays Minecraft. Um, yeah, no, I, I think the only thing I could comment on it is... Th- the sameness of that, this is like when we do the mini universe in the battery thing. It's Rick fighting another egomaniac mm-hmm. sort of scenario. Is that maybe the point is that Rick is not evolving. Rick is staying doing the same. The same thing, Rick is yeah. still doing this over and over again while everyone else is growing. And maybe that's the important bit. Morty is able to try and protect the family even if Rick ultimately outsmarts them. Mm. Um, Jerry and Beth are getting back together and they're hopefully going to be in a healthier place. Summer doesn't necessarily grow here, but... You know, mm. she doesn't, she's not the centerpiece of this story. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it sucks that you have to have a standard Rick story to get there. Yeah, exactly. And even going back to something we were talking about a bit earlier in which, you know, if, you know, the, the Rick we know is not the original Rick from the Cronenberg world, mm. perhaps this is the cycle that this Rick experiences in which he implants himself into a family until they evolve past him, emotionally at least, and can no longer tolerate his presence and so he has to leave again. That would be a very interesting place to start the next season mm. and explore that idea. Um, do you think Beth is a clone or not? Um, my guess I is, think she might be. My guess is yes. Yeah. I think... We've mentioned... I think that's a way to resolve this current issue. That real Beth comes back? Yes. Is that Rick's like, fuck this. I need to... I didn't realise... control again. Yeah, I didn't realise that giving her a choice meant that she would choose something that wasn't me ultimately. So, I've got to go get Beth. I think think there's a real clue in the whole idea that she mentions it's a TV show as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's a clue. I think 
if she is really the first character to really do that outside of Rick, mm-hmm. that's meant to be a clue. Other that she's than Mr. A, Poopy Butthole. Yeah. Yeah. Who is, seems to be outside yes, the show. Yes. He, she is reflecting. Yeah. She is, she's a, a creation of his, which is mm. why she's aware. Yeah. Uh, I think is the best explanation for that because, it, uh, yeah. Because every episode, I swear he does it. This says anyway, interesting stuff. What did you think of about as a season finale? Um, kind of disappointed. I think. I mean, I think the actual, the very ending is great. Yes, I agree. But I, I think it might be my favorite very ending in terms right, of okay. the for me the oh, potential, the very very ending of the, the very very ending in terms of like mm. where the potential of what happens next is the most interesting to me mm. from a story narrative perspective. Yes. More interesting than just Rick being in a prison. Mm-hmm. What happens when Rick is no longer the head of the... He's not the top of the food chain. Yeah, I think, yeah, season two finale episode as a whole, Mm. I think it's my favourite finale episode. Sure. But, yeah, I agree when it comes to stepping us into what is coming next. Yeah, Mm. I think this development is interesting. Yeah, I, I think I think I agree with you. I think it's um, I think the biggest thing, the, the thing that's hard as well is there is a certain expectation when they keep dropping stuff that I want to see. Like when you drop in Phoenix person and you drop in Evil Morty again, mm. I want that last episode to be yeah. to go there to be epic. And it's not fair for me to put those expectations on yeah. that. They've never made their last episode, oh, except for the last seasons, I guess was pretty epic. Um, the first episode, first season's last episode is not that epic. Neither is this one. Mm-hmm. Realistically. It's more centered on the family dynamic. Um, so, it, it's my own problem. It's my own fault if I think it's a little less impressive than last season's. Mm-hmm. I think we should start wrapping this up because it is getting long into the episode. Do you have anything else particularly you want to talk about before we do that? No, I cool. don't. Cool. Least favorite and favorite episodes. I switched that around. Who knows that? Least favorite episode first Damask. Um, I'm probably going to go with episode 10, the Rick Churian Morty date. And that might change because I've just watched the episode. But it's it's going to have to be because the majority of the episode left me feeling quite flat and I wasn't interested. Sure. Which is pretty rare. But I do really like the Beth stuff. And the more I think about it, the more I like it. So I'm probably going to ch- – obviously I can't change in the podcast, but I'm going to go with that one. Okay, sure. But yeah. I think mine is episode six, Rest and Relaxation. Mm. I think it has some interesting points to it, but it's from memory. And maybe I'm forgetting this, remembering this wrong, but it's only centered really on Rick and Morty. And sure, we've got two different versions of Rick and Morty, but mm. there's no real B plot to that yep. episode. Um, so yeah, I can't really remember, but I think that's right. I think that's right. And so when it's totally centered on one story, essentially, even though it's from multiple perspectives, um, if it's not firing, it's not the best. And I, mm-hmm. I think I think the thing that ultimately gets to me is that while it is saying some interesting things, particularly about Morty, it didn't. It I just think there's that inconsistency. I think with the, the logic Rick, is flawed, which is not that big a deal. But when mm. you when it rests on it, if it doesn't show feel is high right. Concept and you feel like the concept has a hole in it that yes. can that can damage the episode. I think that's fair. So I think that's I think ultimately is my reasoning. And but that being said, I think it is a good episode still. Mm-hmm. And I think the I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about my overall thoughts and season in a second. Favorite episode. And we got the boat. We both have the same one. We both have the same episode one. Seven, episode seven. Tales from the Citadel. Slash the Rick Lantis mix up. Mm-hmm. Um, this is fucking awesome. An episode 
that I would happily watch one million times. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. I think it's so, so, so good. It's so dense. It's so funny so quickly. It's mm-hmm. got so many interesting elements to it. Um, the oh man, that like the 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 Ricks that are doing the broadcast and the news as well. CN, yeah, and like all that. Or like the they're like the diff the A, B, and C or whatever versions yeah, yeah, of the yeah. same. Yeah, they're Rick. just like different scars more, or whatever. As as they go down the alphabet, they just get their faces get more and more fucked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, you go to so many different places. Yeah. It is so dense, so clever, so well written, mm. so. Well thought out, well constructed, yeah. both on a narrative level and just on mm. a like delving into the idea of the Citadel. Mm. Oh, fucking hell. I love and it so yeah, much. It's just, I, it, I I'm think so it, jealous of these writers. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's, it's perfectly, I think, encompasses what Rick and Morty is. Um, it's just saying that your dreams and your ideals are bullshit. Like we've got the kids who one of them throws themselves into a fucking garbage chute. We've got, you know, the uh, rebel who is then becomes part of the system. Mm -hmm. We've got, you know, Morty who is speaking about, you know, unification and like this is the new era and great things are going to happen only really to – kind of slaughter his opponents and start this dictatorship. They're all just kind of – and obviously the disillusionment of an idealistic cop who just wants yeah. to help because the system um, is failing and it doesn't really work and it's corrupt and all of that. And yet it's such an entertaining and yeah. funny episode. There's like – you just think about the fact that Justin Roiland is doing the voices of all of these different versions <laughs> of Rick and Morty, which is insanity. Yeah. That he's able to do that. That that is there's a narrative through line that I constantly know what I'm looking at, who mm-hmm. it is. I'd never mm-hmm. get lost in that episode about what's going on. Yeah. The way these little individual individual stories tie together, and then just ultimately, like, I love the idea that the center point of the Rick and Evil Morty relationship is going to be around mm. this government of Ricks and Mortys, because Rick's ultimate problem is with government. And at the top of this government, the one manipulating it is Evil Morty. It's like, it's so good. Mm, the fight is on. Anyway, great. Amazing. Yep. Amazing television. Final score and ranking. What do you... Shall I go first? Yeah. Okay. I think I know, but yeah. I'm giving it a 4.5. I really loved this season. Mm-hmm. I think while there are episodes that I don't love as much as others, there are zero stinkers. There is no yeah, cable, international cable two. There is no get swifty for me. So we, I really thought season two was going to be my winner. Well, the thing about season two that I think what happened was season one impressed you, and then season two you just were just happy to see it be great yeah. still. And you and there are some outstanding episodes in that season, but then you look back on it and you realize there's a couple of ones that don't quite work. Whereas this one. I couldn't get over how sharp it was. I'm tempted to give it a five because I really think every episode is really well written. Mm. If nothing else, it is entertaining still, mm-hmm. even if it's not the most interesting episode, even if it's the most most in-depth or emotionally resonant episode. they I think they've really found their groove, really found their groove. In fact, I'm going to change it to a five because I realize <laughs> this is my favorite season. And I... If the show just stayed at this level, it would be so amazing. 
That's what excites me yeah, about the fact that they, <laughs> the fact that they take so much time to release seasons. Yeah. I think it's such a great idea. If this is what you're making, keep doing that. I am like more than happy. I'm not going to complain for a second. If it's a year and a half, two years, two and a half years, I don't care. No, if it comes out and it's this good, mm. fantastic. I don't want to show out in a year that lets me down or isn't the show that I love yeah. or isn't to the same quality. Um, yeah, so I'm more than happy to wait a very long time for the next installment of this adventure. Um, but my score is a five. It was either going to be a four and a, a four point five or a five. So I was actually really annoyed that you changed it oh, to sorry. five. <laughs> I had no idea. We're facing opposite each other. I have to see her screen. <laughs> I was like, oh, good. He's going with 4.5. That's good. And then you fucking change it. I talked myself into it. I've been tossing it up the whole time. I keep like thinking about it. And it's like, again, I said this last episode, a five doesn't mean it's perfect. It's not perfect. There are Mm. definitely episodes that are better and episodes that aren't as good. But man, every week I'm watching those episodes come out and I never walked away from one going, oh, that wasn't good. I went, I walked away from some going, that wasn't as good as others. Mm. But I think all of them had something to offer. If it wasn't at least entertaining, it was... So, like, that last episode has a really interesting place to go to at the end and the best yeah. stuff's excellent. Mm-hmm. And, like, as much as the Rick and President stuff isn't that interesting, it's generally entertaining. And I think mm. the next time I watch it with less expectations about the finale, I'm going to look at it and go, that's entertaining. Yeah. Like... Yeah. It's so sharp and so funny. Yeah, I, d- I do love the best stuff in episode 10. It's really good. Um... Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a five for me. I think this season contains one of the best episodes of TV oh, I've so ever good. seen. Fuck uh, you, Dan which, <laughs> which is obviously the Citadel one. Um, and just has been so consistently strong. And I've enjoyed watching this season every step of the way. Yeah. And I am... Obviously, I'm hooked. I was hooked from the first season. But I... The way... The, where they are taking these characters is so interesting to me. Yeah. And I just, I want to know. I want to know what's going to happen there. I, 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 I can't predict, which is exciting. Yeah. Where they, what's going to happen with, to them or, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm very excited to see what's happening. And I love this season. Do we want to keep watching? I just answered that. Yes, of Obviously. course. <laughs> predictions, hopes, and concerns. Uh, well, predictions, we said that Beth is, most likely a clone. Yeah, I think it's um, and that that will maybe be the resolution. Yeah, I think I, think, that's so. a, I think that was yours, and that's a really yeah, really good idea. I think, I think so. you're right. I think that's spot on. Yeah. Um. I get. I think. I think. I mean, we're looking forward to. I hope we get some. Although it probably won't come till the very end of this show. Whenever that happens, some resolution on the Rick Origins and the Evil Morty. Yeah. Though I can imagine that being like a second last season reveal because mm-hmm. it'd be a great place to put our Morty when he finds out mm. about Rick and his original Morty and that sort of yeah. stuff. I want to see. I don't want to see that played out in one episode. I want to see that played out in a season. Mm-hmm. I want to see that explored properly. Um, yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing what Rick's like and what his relationship with the Smith family is like. Come the start uh, next yeah, season. Yeah, I have no idea what that's going to look like. I'm really interested. What does he do? That. Does he become more bratty and sort of egotistical than he already is, or does he become like a loner and like separate himself? Angry and, drunk. Yeah, who's yeah. just kind of. Mm. What's what's that version of Rick going to look like? Fascinating to say. Yeah. How he acts. Anything be weird else? to see him in, in like a pathetic state of. If, it be, if, be, if, it, if it becomes bratty though. 
it'll be and pa- no one is tolerating it, that automatically comes off as pathetic. But he'll be, I mean, he's going to be still super impressive, but his whole thing will be to try and impress everyone mm. ultimately and try and like, but similar to like his Pickle Rick thing, right? Yeah. His right. Pickle Rick is his bratty side. It's the one where he thinks he can outsmart them. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, while he's super yeah. smart. Trying to undermine everyone around him. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what will happen. And people mm. just, because they are emotionally potentially smarter than him. Yeah won't feed into it. They won't allow themselves to be sucked into his bullshit. Mm. Or, the, or he will, how or does he react to that? He, because he is so intelligent and while they don't want to be sucked in, he puts them in circum- circumstances in which they have to be, mm-hmm. which might just push them over the edge into like craziness again and they just kind of have to bend to his will. Who knows? That he just... Forces his yeah, will on overpowers them. them even more so than he. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I mean, they can't escape him. What are they going to do if he really like was going to force himself on on them? What can they get? What can they do? Mm. Yeah. So who knows? <laughs> no, it could get real dark. I look forward to finding out in two point five to six ten years. years. What? Who knows? <laughs> I think that's the end of it. I think Sorry it we've waffled on. This has gone a little bit. We were digesting some of these episodes, particularly the last one yeah. as we did it. So there may be a bit of waffle. Uh, feel free to sh- send all criticisms to Damask on Twitter. <laughs> at Maskymoo. Oh, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. No, I'm joking. I don't take criticism well. So send that's it to... Gonna... Well, you can find us on Hunting Seasons. On Facebook, by searching for Hunting Seasons, you can find us on Twitter at Hunting S Cast. You can email us at Hunting Seasons Podcast at gmail.com. You can find me, Broderick Gordes, at B Gordes, B G O R D E S. That's on Twitter, Damask. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Maskymoo, M A S K Y M O O. Thank you to Sean Kirkpatrick for our wonderful hunting, hunting Seasons logo and graphics. You can find his work at SeanKirkpatrickDesigns.portfolioBox.net. You can find jo- Jordan Calavis. Uh, thank you for his theme song for Hunting Seasons. You can find his work at SoundCloud.com slash Classic. J Rex, please, 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 please consider reviewing us on iTunes. Your stars go a long way to getting us noticed by other things. This message brought to you by the Australian government. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, bro. Next episode, I won't be on because this is an episode that was recorded when I was in Japan. Ooh. So it is going to be Damask and guest Lauren, mm-hmm. and they're going to be reviewing Glow. Season one specifically, because there is no season two yet. I didn't think I needed to explain that. No, but okay. no, no. I just, I want, well, what if you're listening to this later? What if you're listening to this like. In the future. In the future, exactly. You don't know. So, season one of Glow, which is the only season currently. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not on this episode, so I'm going to take this opportunity to spoil it. I fucking loved this so much. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to mask. I mean, I'm I not do. giving my opinion. I was going to give mine. Mm-hmm. Fucking loved it. Yeah, so if you haven't already watched the show and, and then listen to the podcast and i give the show a five out of five the first <laughs> season and you should listen to the episode to find out what damask thinks of it and one Lauren. hated it full of ladies <laughs> i should have called it menstruation am i right am i right forever uh yeah that's an interesting way to sign off thank you very much for listening to hunting seasons again we will see oh, well damask will see you next week I'll i'm be, not gonna see anyone you'll you'll i'll be talking at you you, you will hear from Damask next week. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network. Earbudsnetwork.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.